Yes. You are now listening to the sounds of reports. <laughs> Sports reports is ordered. Oh, they did it to me. You know, but yo, we out here live. Chiefs and Lions. It is on. The NFL is back. Shout out and, to Peacock. And tonight, we are going to talk about the rest of week one. We're going to look at these games, make some picks. Talk to you about a little bit of college. We're going to take you up through halftime. No get it off my chest because the game is on my chest. So let's get right to it. So Mr. Logical was out here the other night. You know, I made the comment about how this coaching matchup is the reason that I'm picking Kansas City, regardless if Travis Kelsey plays or not. And Mr. Logical had the foresight to say something along the lines of, yeah, this coach going to go for it on fourth down or he going to pull a fake punt out, you know, so they can beat Kansas City. And here we go. Second drive of the game. First quarter, 17-yard line. Fake punt. Now, here's a piece of advice. And this goes out to the one and only Brandon Staley. From now on, that's how you do fourth down. Okay, Will Smith. <laughs> From now on, that's how you drive. That's, that's how you right. end drives. No, no, don't that's do that. Right. That's right. No, how you no. do it, Brandon Dan Staley. Dan Campbell, like, listen, certain coaches can do certain things. Like, certain coaches can ignore the media or be rude. Mike McDaniels can't do that. Certain coaches can... Trade a few first round picks and get a move up to get a quarterback and then trade him in a couple of years. Uh, I'm not sure D'Amico Ryan is going to be able to do that in a couple of years if he has to. Uh, certain people just have a certain level of cachet. Pete Carroll can literally leave USC in the middle of an investigation, get another job, and go to a couple of Super Bowls. It ain't for everybody. Listen, the, shun, the sun doesn't shine on everybody. So stay with stick coaches, what you're doing. Speaking of the coaches, did you see uh, the Andy Reid stat? You What's know, that? if he wins tonight, he'll pass Tom Landry for fourth all time on the wins list. Yo, it seems, I guess, because coaches don't really get that. They don't get to select their level of longevity. Like Tom Brady can just keep saying, I'm going to keep playing. And right. if someone signs him, he keeps playing. So for a lot of these coaches, like I think Shula, his record stood for since like well it's still standing like that's what i'm saying like it's like early 2000s something like that when he finally but he was coaching for you mean a couple decades belichick is a belichick feels like he should be like maybe oh he's right there i'm looking it up right now but but he's like i I think he's like he's 18 away so that's essentially best case scenario two seasons yeah and it could it could easily be two full seasons you know you get a couple of Eight and eight and nine years in, and then into a third season. That's right. 20. That's this year, 2024, 2025. So, like October 2025, before you could potentially like break that record realistically. Yeah. And here comes Detroit driving down the field. You know, like they looking good so far. The running game has been picking up. They're in the red zone right now. You know, about to have first and 10 from the 11, from the Chiefs 11. You know, so, you know, David Montgomery looked better than I remember him ever looking. So, you know, we'll see how long that lasts. Yo, I always thought he was a good looking running back out of Chicago. I mean, like, it's nothing you you could do when 
you run the ball on first down and it's second and 12. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you guys, I guess you got a point there. It's like, and then you got a quarterback. (laughs) I mean, I saw a stat that no Chicago quarterbacks known for 4,000 yards. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like, you know, I'm pretty sure if Trubisky was going to be that guy when they took I'm pretty sure if DJ Moore and Watson. I'm pretty sure if DJ Moore gets a thousand yards, he's the Bears all time leading rusher, you know, I mean, I'm receiver, you know, and here comes Montgomery limping off the field. You know, he's down oh, on one knee on the side. Off. Yeah, shoe came off. Shoe so, came he, off. so he's fine. He's fine. You know, Jameer Gibbs, my guy is coming in, you know, Mr. Reggie Bush himself. So, Yo, you know, it's we'll crazy see. when, like, you see, like, the running back run off and they just got to grab the closest running back. My son at his game, the starting running back, his helmet came off during the play. So the ref, yeah. like, you got to come off. My son was standing right by the coach. He was like, all right, go in. I get the camera out. I'm like, man. Oh, he gonna... slipped. Oh, he had a touchdown, I think, and he just slipped. See, Kansas City using the field to cheat again. Because you know, the, 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 grandfather, the grandfather of the groundskeeper used to work for Andy <laughs> Reid back in Philly. And, like, you know, he helped Andy Reid with his first haircut appointment. So, like, now he's back to, like, mess up the field. That's how it works, right? That was yeah, that was so. a conspiracy for the yeah. Super Bowl. Well, I don't know. But the Chiefs way this fan. drive is looking in Detroit, putting it down their throat, so to speak. You know, Chris Jones Balls. is sitting up in there. Chris Jones sitting up in there ready. He got <laughs> his hand it. out. He, he said, I saw ready. what you gave Bosa. All right, here comes Jarrett Goff. Touchdown, Detroit. I'm yeah, on he- St. Brown. What? What? You can't do that. You see, look at the celebration. See the celebration? celebration. You can't do that on TV. I, I saw that. He just did it. What, That's what? a 14 play, 91 yards, 804 off the clock. You know what I'm saying? Jared Goff to Amon St. Brown on the inside. So, you know, hopefully somebody out there got some what fantasy points. Okay, we got, oh, it was like they didn't, he didn't know that. Was it, no, was it, man? It was his own. It looks like, like, it looks like they were concerts. confused, you know, but one I guess. Guy, one guy looked like he was playing man, and everybody else looked like they were passing off on the inside. So maybe that was a concept. But, you know, Kansas City, you know, like you can have them down, but they're just like Jason Voorhees. You know, you cut their arm off, and they still come back in the end. Like so Tyson we'll see Fury how this goes. And round number 12. Yeah, so now we're going to commercial break. So while we add it, I'm just going to go down the schedule. I got my score app up. So all you folks out there mad and all that kind of stuff, I am looking at my phone. I'm just going down the list here. All right, so we got uh, D'Amico Ryans with a tall task going into my hometown to start off the season. You know, I don't think we got to spend too much time on that one. You know, I probably got Ravens 31-14 in that one. And Houston 21 nothing. I'm kidding. Yeah, I got, I got Baltimore. <laughs> well, well, you know, I saw Odell Beckham, you know, um, has an ankle issue now. So they, you know, they used to talk about him a lot. Remember, you talk we were talking about like polarizing athletes who always yeah. it just seemed like people just stopped talking about him. Well, he's been gone. But even with that, and, like we talk about certain players in the all season. Like they, people talk about Tom Brady after he retired and said he wasn't going to retire. Well, Tom Brady was still doing stuff. You know, he was trying to get ownership of the Raiders, and you know, he's he was doing commercials. Right, been talking about him. Yeah, doing all that stuff. Odell's been relatively I think quiet. He, I think he does have little ownership 
of in the Raiders. Like I, I think say, he, he had that. it. I thought he went for it, but I thought they got the Vegas. They got I the Vegas, they... like the Aces, because Mark uh-huh. Davis, the, the the Raiders owner, he's owner of the Aces as well. Right, right. So right, Tom right. Brady got a little bit of that, and then a little bit of the Raiders. Like I said, he did that just so Jimmy Garoppolo's checks get signed uh-huh. by. He's like so, like the the signature on Jimmy Garoppolo's checks is gonna say. Tom Edward Patrick Brady or Patrick Brady. And I thought there was something that happened though that that made the situation complicated or something, and they couldn't do it right away or something like that. Unless his why did his, it end up working his, out? His pending deal with the to be a commentator, maybe. Yeah, because I think I think well, no, I think it had something to do. Like uh, I'm looking at this article from July 27th from a fan Bucks fan nation. Uh, let's see, they were talking about. Mike Florio reported that they were trying to do it, but then there was a special meeting to approve the commander sale. Oh, new rule complicates time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm reading now. Yeah, so I don't know if it actually ever went through fully, but it may have like later, but. That's the latest article I'm seeing on it so far. That was July 27th. Family members of employees are unable to own equity in the franchise. What family member is he? Yeah, I'm not sure about that one, but we'll come back to that. So, yeah, so like uh, Odell Beckham with the ankle, you know. um, So Zay Flowers is probably going to have a big role or Baltimore is just going to be running the ball. You know, I'll be interested to see. You know, I I was hoping to see, and hopefully we still do, get to see Odell Beckham against Stingley. You know, I was looking forward to that, you know. So I want to see how D'Amico Ryans has the Texas defense looking because no knock to D'Amico Ryans. I like him a lot, you know, but you got Fred Warner and Bosa, you know, the whole gang. So, you know, like, let's see that. Let's see those defensive chops without the, the all-stars, you know. So, without, the, uh, without the real guns. Yeah, like, I think he'll be fine. Like, but, can but you win just, a war with a musket, or do you really need this? <laughs> do you need the drones and the speaking tank? Speaking of which, speaking of which, you know, I forgot to say this the other day uh, on the show, but shout out to UVA for having a quarterback named Tony Musket. That's the most <laughs> Revolutionary War name. Yeah, the most cavalier, you know. <laughs> you know, so Kansas City's back on offense. Pacheco for two yards. Patrick Mahomes is in the shotgun. Steps back to pass. The throw incomplete to Noah Gray. Kelsey All right. So, besides Baltimore and Houston, we got uh, the Dirty Birds. Welcoming in Bryce Young to the compressor. Calais Campbell is a whole foot taller than Bryce Young, and they play the same sport. <laughs> Let that sink in. Oh, man. You know, it I, happens in basketball. You get a seven foot one guy and a six foot one guy. Yeah. That is rare that that happens in football where you have <laughs> a 12 to a 13 oh, inch. Mahomes. All right, we got advantage. a first down. All right, Kansas City's pulling up to midfield almost at the 48 or so. But, yeah, like uh, <laughs> Bryce Young going into the compressor, you know, no DJ Moore. You going know, he's got the, May- the Maybach Arena. That's what we call it. Every <laughs> time you call it compressor, we call it the Maybach Arena. He, he going he go to throw it uh, a bunch of times to Miles Sanders, I'm sure, on some checkdowns. 
you know, maybe Chuba Hubbard to get some work. But overall, I think Atlanta's going to dominate this game, you know, provided that Desmond Ritter doesn't, you know, look like a guy who hasn't played a lot of football. I think that's like, if you think back, I know college doesn't always translate. Cause I know like it translates when like definitively when it's negative, it's rare that a guy has a negative college standing and then it's completely positive in the NFL. But sometimes when a guy has, you know, an undefeated record, so I think up until the playoffs, he, I think he went like 26 and one and he lost his playoff was the loss, but like, Alabama's probably was the best team he played uh-huh. in those, in that two years. So 26 and one, uh, they had talent. Granted, Sauce Gardner defensively didn't give up a touchdown all the time. I think that streak is still going for Sauce. I don't think he gave up one in the NFL last year either, if I can right. recall. I, mean, yeah, I haven't I heard anyone correct. say it. I believe I think that's, that's correct. still going. Uh, I mean, Ritter, he just has to – if the offense looks like a threat – to pass the ball deep, then I think he'll be fine. But if they are keep running this, you know, I formation too tight in, you know, all this, 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 this false motion where they, they don't stretch the defense and there's eight dudes, 12 yards from the line of scrimmage, the entire game, like then it's, then it's going to be curtains. But if they get on some, you know, trips left, Four wide, maybe some some empty, some motion out of it, something yeah, like that. Pitch should and be I think back, right? Be fine. What's that? Pitch should be back, right? I haven't heard because he was recovering from. He got injured late. Yeah, he got injured late in the season. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're going to be because, like I say, if the offense doesn't, if the offense doesn't spread out, it's almost pointless because it was a couple of years ago when Stephon Gilmore was still in, was in Carolina. This this dude seems like a dream. He's like the new Revis. Um, they put Gilmore on pits because there was no other <laughs> receiving threat, and then the offense didn't like didn't have any pop to it. So right. they had literally had Pitts trying to as a rookie trying to beat the defensive player of the year. Yeah, and and it just it just wasn't working. And, and Carolina, I think, won that game for sure. But yeah, so as long as uh. Drake London doesn't get knocked out of this game. That's progress within itself, you know, because they were getting him killed across the middle last year. They were running the same thing. They got Pitts killed. It was, it was so obvious that I saw it coming when I was watching. I was like, because <laughs> Zacchaeus would go in motion and do like this huge loop behind whoever was running back and Mariota and like this shotgun pistol formation, or whatever. And he never got the ball. They never threw right. it out there. Like he would do this huge loop, and everyone would just be like, "Watch the slant," <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. It was like either London from this side or Pitts from this side, and the safety would just come down. Like, listen, I'm gonna just. I know how quickly it's coming out because Marcus Mariota, because Zacchaeus was completely out of the place. So that's one dude not getting the ball. Running backs to pass protection is like you got two dudes in this route, right? And we're gonna blast either one of them right here in the middle. So right. As long as they don't run that, they should be all right. Yeah, yeah. I could see Atlanta with a double-digit win there, something like 27 to 13. You know, we're at the end of the first quarter. You know, Detroit 7 nothing over Kansas City. Then the dog pound and the new richest player in NFL history, Joe Burrow, coming in. $55 million a year. Yeah. 
219 guaranteed, 275 overall for five years. That just Same broke right before money. the game kicked off. You know, now that Joe Burrow's celebrating his money, is he going to be celebrating in the dog pound? Is his calf good? He's playing. All right. I'm picking Cleveland, but he's playing. You're picking Cleveland. I'm picking Cleveland. Um, like I said, I don't I don't like the I don't like the coach quarterback uh marriage in Cleveland. I don't know if it works. Cause I think Cleveland's one of those teams. I think that they just keep dysfunction. Yeah. It's like they just keep it going at all costs. Like, you know, instead of like trying to lock in stability, we are going to continually repeat the same mistakes. And now I'm not sure if they have expectations. So I think that might help them out. I think a lot of people are expecting them to finish fourth in that division. Uh huh. I got them third because I think Deshaun can win. Deshaun can win you more games in Pittsburgh. But like I said, when I did my little automated shuffle thing or whatever, I had Pittsburgh as you know number two seed. So like, I say Cincinnati just because. I know their identity offensively, uh-huh. even though they, they they lost a couple bodies defensively. I just know what they're going to do offensively, and I think they know it. The coaching staff knows it because they've all been privy to that information operating that system. Whereas Cleveland, I mean, you had Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I forgot Kansas City had Valdez Scantling. He's not going nowhere. He yeah, saved them a couple that. times last year in their playoff yeah, run. He did. In Jacksonville, when he caught that touchdown, I forgot him. I think that. he had a couple of big catches in the Super Bowl on like third down. Like he was a third down guy. Well, what I think this? playing with Aaron Rodgers kind of, you know, you just kind of get that understanding that like this quarterback can move a little bit, but he's going to move and throw, get open. I think he was really good at the scramble so, throw. That makes him good in Kansas City. So the question I have is, is if the Bengals are going to run the ball, you know, because. They finished with the fourth lowest rushing yards last season, you know, and, and that's more due to like passing than it is like they were ineffective or anything like that. And now, oh, Mahomes on the run. First the gold chiefs. But uh, now that, you know, Burrow has his money, like you brought this up before, like, you know, when, when Lamar got paid, you know, um, are they going to try to showcase him? Like, I don't think that's an issue with Burrow because he's just going to throw probably the same amount anyway, but does he yeah. play a little more cavalier now? You know, and, a little more uh, loose. Yeah. Well, it might help out because his extension, you know, like most of these guys get extensions like Josh Allen, when he got his couple years ago. And then you had uh, Justin Herbert get his, it doesn't kick in financially for like two more seasons. Yep. Here comes Pacheco down to the two. You know, so yeah, so he's getting paid now. So I don't really think it's not going to change the personnel grouping. Uh-huh. So I think they'll play the same way. It might be a relief because right. now he doesn't have to answer extension questions because no one's going to ask him, how's it feel to be like someone might ask, how's it feel to have the highest contract? And he can give like some regular answer. Like, hey, you know, I'm just here to help the team win as many games as I can get back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the question becomes boring because. You already got an extension. The answer, the question isn't juicy enough. Whereas if he didn't get his extension and people were asking him, and it's like the every single week is like, are the cheap 
Bengals going to lose out on Joe Burrow? Right. Are they going to be able to, you know, like, so now that narrative won't be able to be kind of disputed throughout the media. They're just going to, now it's going to shift ironically, which is weird. It's going to shift to what Dak's going to get. That's the next conversation <laughs> oh. is how much is that going to get when his contract is up? Considering Joe Burrow just got 55. I guarantee it. Listen, right now, what time is it? 857 on the East coast. I guarantee you before the goal, Mahomes touchdown. And that be the rookie Rasheed Rice from new ACC member SMU. So by tomorrow, before tomorrow evening, it will be a topic on one of these nationally televised podcast shows. Oh, you know which what show does, it is. <laughs> if, if it's not like I don't know if it's not undisputed, if it's not for it's got someone's one of them, if not all of them, will bring up, and this will be the question. What does Joe Burrow's contract mean Made for, for Dak. Dak Prescott? Yeah. What does it mean for Trey Lance? <laughs> does that – did Jerry, Jerry Jones know to get Trey Lance because he knew that Joe Burrow was going to get $55 million and they just simply <laughs> know that Dak's not worth that much? It's going to be yes. ridiculous considering that we have this game going on right now, which is shaping up to be a good game. We're going to have good college football this weekend. We're going to, you know, talk about that. And then the opening weekend in the NFL. And they're still going to find a way to squeeze in segments on multiple shows about a hypothetical contract that Dak and the Cowboys aren't even talking about because there's two years left in this current. Oh, and don't let uh, don't let the Cowboys lose Sunday night because then Monday morning it's going to be did last night show that Dak is not worth the future investment. <laughs> Or, I mean, I guess it works either way. If they win, you know, did that prove last night? That he's <laughs> worth $60 million. Yeah, because it's a road game. So did he prove it, you know? The, like, we, me and you talked about this before, and we talked about it with other players. We talked about it with Lamar. One of our early episodes, the price of the brick is going up. Right, right, right. Jerry Jones could assign Dak Prescott for $29 million when Kirk Cousins got $28 million. He rolled the dice. Didn't work. That got hurt. Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, all these other guys started getting Russell Wilson. All these guys started getting 29, 22. Matt Ryan got 34. Aaron Rodgers got like 32 and a half. Then I think Russ got 30, 33 or 34. So all these guys started getting a million more, a million more, a million more, a million more. Dak still didn't get signed. Then he franchised them. He played on it, had to pay him <laughs> based off all his other salaries. Then he gets injured. Other guys getting salaries that got 40 million. Yeah. And that's, that's what happened. He literally cost himself as, as an owner, $11 million a year. Like they probably could have already been off of Dak or whatever the case Fried. may be, but for no reason, considering Fried. you paid everybody else and the you sign, had the money, the sign of a foolish man. And then we got my second upset going on up in that city with the golden bridges and the pizza sauce on top of their pizza. You know, good old Pittsburgh. You know, said I got Pittsburgh taken down the 49ers. You know, Brock- I wanted I wanted to go with that. I wanted to go with that one just because I, I you know what? It's, my mom always say pickle people's good habits. <laughs> I'm gonna take Pittsburgh in that too. Yeah, you know, Brock Purdy coming east, you know, like we talked about it last season, you know, how 
all of his games were restricted, you know, in a certain area of the country. Yeah, my man didn't leave for, for specific time. He didn't have yeah. to change his watch. Coming off that injury, like he's been, you know, playing and everything, you know, but coming off that injury, you know, going up against the Steelers defense, you know, like because everybody's going to talk about San Francisco's defense and how, and rightfully so, San Francisco's like the, uh, you know, the defense, you know, but I think Pittsburgh's defense isn't that far behind. So the same struggles that Kenny Pickett is going to have, I think Brock Purdy's going to have as well. You know, so this could be like a 19 to 16 type game. You know, uh, McCaffrey's going to be the key, you know, like not even running the ball, but just getting him the ball, period. You know, uh, he's eight catches away from becoming the quickest back to 450 catches or some odd, obscure stat I saw before we went went on. Data line. Yeah, you know, um, but, you know, I think that. I think that this is a measuring stick game, and these are the type of games where Mike Tomlin gets in the locker room and starts talking about gladiators and, you know, Spartans and all this kind of stuff like that. <laughs> so I think these guys are going to come out to prove a point. And then if I nothing, think Mike, Tom- Mike Tomlin can get you to join a militia that he started. Yeah, and if nothing him, else, him, Dion, Dan Campbell, they can they can take over America. And, the three and, of them. And if nothing else. TJ Watt is playing, and we already know, you know, <laughs> nothing to that side of the field, you know. So, so yeah, so like, um, but I think it's going to be a good game. I, I think it could have the potential. I mean, me and Mister Logical always get into these arguments because you know debates. I like defense semantics. I like, I like defense. defense. You know what I mean. But so when we get these, you know, sixteen to thirteen games and everything, everybody's like, "This isn't exciting," and I'm like, "Yo, that was awesome." So, you know, so this is going if to be it's my seven to three. I'm not rocking with seven. I'm to down three. with seven to three. This might I'm good with 16 be... to 13. Like I was good. I was good with the with the, the San Francisco Green Bay in the snow. You might expect. OK, you might expect in the snow block punt playoff excitement. I like that. But September, like, listen, man, throw a deep. No, nah, but uh, <laughs> so for me in my viewing preferences, this could be the game of the day, you know, because, you know, like, I, I mean, I like offense, too, but I don't need every game, you know, to be 31 to 27 or, you know what I mean? Like, I can appreciate. I mean, football. we had the 54 to 51 Rams Chiefs game back. Yeah, it was cool. But at the same we time, had, like, we had the Super Bowl shootout last year, 38, 35. I like I like a good defensive game, but a good defensive game to me is. You have, you know, let me get a couple of good quarterback matchups. Okay, Cleveland, Cincinnati. You got two good quarterbacks matched up, and the defense outplays the offense. Yeah. But you give me Atlanta, Carolina, and that game is 12 9 at the end. It's not going to be because the defense is played great. It's going to be well, because the quarterbacks <laughs> went. 12 for 29 it for 117 yards in the big game and the teams involved. You know what I mean? Like, if, so like if San Francisco and Buffalo played a 12 to nine, you know, that would probably I be awesome rock with that. Yeah. yeah. I rock with that. Even if Denver and the Raiders gave me 16, 13, I like, Garoppolo. Uh, I, think, I think he's, I, I think know. he's a good quarterback. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be, he's not a mistake prone guy. He's just not a guy that he's not a, he's not a big play Jared Goff kind of quarterback. He's not a Kirk Cousins run up a lot of points kind of quarterback. Yeah, 
All right, here's Jared Goff. Oh, first down. Nobody touched him. I don't nobody touched him. Yeah, I'm they touched Saint, him in the back. Okay. Yeah. I'm on St. Brown down to the Chiefs 40. So then I guess I'm gonna go ahead and skip over this game. I'm just gonna say Washington 33, Arizona 10. <laughs> Josh Dobbs like, getting the start. How do, you, how do you how do you get up for this game as a one of the 53 well, guys on the team? For who? Like, are you talking about Washington? For Arizona. Oh, for Arizona? Arizona. Well, I think like, for, Arizona, for Arizona. For Arizona, honestly. trying to push up on film? Yeah, you're just honestly auditioning for, you know, somebody, you know, like. Maybe the Chiefs should need me next year, say, Yeah, you know, say, hey, Buffalo, I can get you over the top, you know, or something like that, you know. So, like, like if you're, like, if you're Josh Dobbs, you're up just because you weren't even, you were a backup quarterback, third string, like, two weeks ago. You know what I mean? So now you get a chance to start again. You know what I mean? If you're Rondell Moore, my guy, you trying to get on film and like, hey, if y'all get Caleb, you know, I want to be here. Listen, you know? that, that, <laughs> that speech that Gannon gave was just. Oh, man. Anybody he so, come he here like, a, anybody He sounded like the dude. Bus. He sounded like the dude at ALS that we identified can't give speeches. Oh, the guy that we make go, let him go first to get it out. Yeah, of the way. like like everybody else second. Let him go like, second. Let him get the like like, like me and you yeah. get up there. Like me and you get up there. We say One something take. and we'll even add stuff that wasn't even in our speech or you know what I mean. Like we'll just on the spot improv like you know because we got to hit the certain uh like the five minutes or whatever. So we'll yeah. improv and add something. He be up there like. I think that um, every time we go out to the flight right. line. Yeah, so like <laughs> me and Mike, we, we use these military terms. NCOA is not commissioned officer academy. Hey, um, I said ALS, there. but okay. Oh, yeah, I was in ALS. <laughs> me and Mike were in NCOA together, so we're in non-commissioned uh, academy together. Um, and the format is, is simple. It's just a leadership academy, and there's probably – I think ours was 10 flights – it was, like, it was like, like 10, 10. like 10. It was like 135 eight. students or something. Yeah, so it was like 10, 10 different, so 10 different classes, 13 people per class. A very, it's a very intimate setting. The room is shaped like a U. It's very, it's deliberately set up for you. Go Utes. To, yes. Yeah, <laughs> literally, it's a U shape in the classroom. It's designed for you to like look across at your classmates. You're just constantly making eye contact contact with people because it's a while that you're going to do scenarios and speeches so the whole idea was like get comfortable with your teammates I mean your classmates we had name tags we hung out they suggested they would like give us time to hang shout out shout out to four loco four loco we went to I think how many times <laughs> we go to we probably went to Hooters about 11 times Hooters shout out shout out the Denver 16th street yeah 16th street was out there <laughs> we went to Rockies games like literally, the we were staying in the same hotel. The hotel was walking distance to the school. Like literally, you walk to the courtyard, past the gazebo, you're in the schoolhouse. Uh oh. So we spend all this time together. You get people to get up there to get these speeches. Like, uh, yeah. So the whole airman concept. Uh, it's like, yo, we've been hanging out. We've been hanging out for weeks. Like yeah. you should be good talking to the 12 of us. Oh, the ball hit the tight end. The, the tight end was going in motion. They snapped the ball motion. and hit the tight end. <laughs> I had that happen to me at Madden once, man. I was livid. I'm like, this is not supposed to happen. You know. But yeah, so like that's how Gannon's speech was. This was like, 
Dog, why are you up here? Just anybody who came here in a car. Follow me. Who, who came here <laughs> on a bus? Did you All feel right. the did you feel the fire? Uh second and 20. Here comes Reggie Bush again. So uh, you know, in the sports group, they talking about uh Kamara slash Todd Gurley, you know, is, is Jameer Gibbs. But uh yeah, so oh, this next game Kamara and the girly. Yeah, so this next game could be sneaky good. Mr. Logical is going to disagree with me, but I'm just going to roll You're with it. You're probably right. Yep. Minnesota and Tampa Bay is going to be a better game than it has any business being. Doubt it. Oh, the <laughs> Minnesota's defense is trash can. Well, they got Brian Flores now, though. You know what I mean? So, like, you know. They could probably play cover two or cover three and confuse uh, Baker Mayfield. All Baker game. Mayfield, you know what I mean? I think. Uh, oh, balls out, balls out. Oh, balls out. Over. There you go. Football. Chiefs got the ball. This is why they're the champs, people. Bend but don't break. Bend but don't break. When you play with skill, good luck will happen. Yes. You know what I mean? They look at like oh, Detroit. That play. Minnesota. You know what that play reminded me of right there? Detroit looked like Clemson right there. But anyway, so uh yeah. So uh no, I think Tampa Bay defense might be a little bit better than I think that I thought initially, just because was they their have defense to make up- good because they had Tom Brady? And they believed in time. No, their defense. No, their defense was good because they were opportunistic. You know what I mean? Like they weren't a good defense with Tom Brady. They just made plays, like just like we just saw from Kansas City. They were never going to lock you down or you know hold you to a season low or anything like that. They just made. They just got a p- timely pick when it was. I got them falling apart. Just I like them, uh, I got just like uh, early in this game. Remember when the Saints early in the season? See, he about to get bad now. Remember when the Saints won the Super Bowl? You know what I mean? Like it was like uh, but that defense wasn't okay. good. It was just opportunistic. The onside kick, Reggie Wayne running the wrong route, or you know Peyton Manning. Yeah, they just in the they playoff just, games. They just made the play in the moment. So Minnesota's going to win this game first of all. So let's not get it twisted. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> but but I'm just saying I think that it has the potential to be a closer game because when I first looked at the schedule when we were making our picks and everything, got to check the schedule. Yeah, you got to check the schedule. I was thinking something along the lines of like 34 to 10 or, you know, like that Arizona. I don't think any NFL games really with real starters. Like I think Baker Mayfield is a real starter. So I don't think it's going to be one of us. does. It won't be some, some games, like for instance, uh, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of an example game. Baker Mayfield Um, just want his damn respect. Like you have those some of those games where you you're playing your second or third string guy and it's a it's a huge drop off from the starter, yeah. You know, and you just can't move the ball and you're playing a really good team. You tend to get blown out. Like for instance, if your rookie starting quarterback goes down, most guys have another young quarterback as a backup. You know, Houston's trying to play with their backup against Baltimore. Yeah, that score can get ugly. Or you start the game like. I, you know, Josh Dobbs. He's been a career second or third stringer, and now you put him in a system less than a month ago. That's not even two whole paychecks, and <laughs> he's already like the starter week one on a team that is already grumbling about the previous quarterback and whatever he was going on, and potentially one of these top three guys next year. So I think he's just in a no man's land. So I I can see a game like that getting out of hand. I think Baker Mayfield's played enough football to where it won't get out of hand. It just won't be productive for them. <clears throat> so Minnesota's going to have their 
they're going to score 27 points because they're going to have a regular NFL game. They're going to have a couple of punts. Then they're going to put a couple of drives together. 14-6 at halftime. They're going to come out in the second half, dominate the clock. Tampa Bay won't be able to move the ball because I just don't really have a lot of faith in – I don't have a lot of faith in Baker Mayfield's ability to, like, like just generate energy for like from his teammates because he's had, he had talent in Cleveland. He just felt like he should have had a better time and been more successful in Cleveland with the lineups that he had. Yeah. And it should, yeah, and it should have passed halftime. Like, <laughs> you know, it was almost halftime. Yeah. We already four minutes and 30 seconds left in the half, but, uh, but yeah, already? like, yeah, You're only 36 minutes in the recording. They've been, they've been running. Oh yeah. They've been running so. the ball, you know, but yeah. So then we got the rookie debut, another rookie quarterback, you know, apparently he went in for an extra eight hours this week, you know, Anthony Richardson. So maybe that means that he'll complete like 59% of his passes. You know, he's got Jacksonville coming into Lucas oil field. And they're and- down just uh, Jonathan Taylor for four weeks. Right. Cause the pup yep. list. Yep. So it's going to be up to Deion Jackson or our guy, Zach Moss. Shout out to Utah. You know, so, uh, but yeah, Jacksonville all the way, you know, Jacksonville, you know, I think this game is going to be a little close though, because the Colts defense, you know, does play hard, you know, Um, I'm I'm interested to see what Steichen has planned for Anthony Richardson being that he did coach uh, Jalen Hurts. So I'm interested to see what kind of packages and schemes he comes up with. You know, I think it'll be vanilla. I we'll think see. Vanilla, two running backs, bunch of two, three tight end formations. Because they do have two good pass catching tight ends. I think you'll see a lot of two tight ends, two running back, what they call it, 22 personnel. It's with the two running backs, two yeah. tight ends. Um, I think you'll see a lot of that, a lot of short stuff, a lot of quick stuff, a lot of rollouts. Because Jacksonville has firepower offensively. Calvin Ridley, welcome back. Ingram, Kirk, Ridley, Etienne, all led by Trevor Lawrence, who, yo, I can't front. I saw an interview of him the other day. Kind of looks like Quagmire. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I'm not talking slick before our podcast really blows up. But it's it's kind of funny. I mean, I I like him. I think I think I think he's dope. I think he's smart. I've always I remember when because you see a lot of these number one rated quarterbacks coming out of high school and they get to college. And I said before, like, it just looked like he knew what he was doing with the ball, win, lose, or draw every game. It never it never looked like the opposing defense confuses him. Right. And I think that's 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 a huge attribute to have. And to all my to all my SEC fans out there, you know, prepare to see some tank Bigsby for Jacksonville as well, backing up ETN. So, you know, Shout out to War Eagle. You know, Auburn is the most confusing school ever. Side note, obviously. Auburn is the most confusing school ever. You know, they're the Tigers, but they chant War Eagle. Their name oh, the is War Eagle story. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. But their name is Auburn, but they don't have any Auburn in their uniform. You know, like it's just, I don't know what's going on down in West Georgia. You know, and I, then, uh, I was confused by that War Eagle thing too, because that is a supervisor. Uh, that was an Auburn fan. I'm like, what? What is the damn eagle? Uh, you ever heard the story? Yeah, I've heard the story before. Oh, it's like, I guess it was like cloudy, 
or something, and this bird flew over the stadium. The clouds flips it up. Up fourth down. The the clouds went away as the bird flew over the stadium, (laughs) and then the bird like perched himself somewhere like where everyone could see it. And yeah. then people started chanting this war eagle or yeah, so now some kind of the, reference to this eagle. Yeah, so now before the games, you know, at Jordan Hare, they have the uh, eagle come down and, you know, he flies over and comes down. Yeah. So then we got to go to the House of Horrors, you know, where uh, the Tennessee Titans will visit the Saints. You know, the former, you know, Ben's Dome, you know, I guess there's Little Caesars Caesar, or something now. Like, well, Caesar's, Caesar's Palace, the gam- like Caesar's yeah, Palace, the, yeah, gam- yeah. the gambling yeah. Caesars, yeah. So yeah, Caesar's, yeah. Caesar's Superdome, yeah, that's dumb. That's what they go by now, yeah, that's dumb. But uh, yeah, Derek Carr, you know, getting off to a good start, I think, with a win. Uh, no Kamara for the first three games, but they did pick up the touchdown, rushing touchdown leader from last year. You know, hopefully, you know, people not, love him. I know, not for the Falcons' so, sake. And- Fans love him. The, his teammates love him. I don't know what Detroit was thinking. Like I guess they were thinking about the money they were putting after the fan, but people love him. Like the media loves him. He 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 loves the like the people. Like he's just he's just like a joyful dude. Like he's probably a good dude to be around when you're down 10. Yeah. Like he's probably a good dude. He's like, listen, because you know he has the talent to get you a couple of touchdowns and he believes it. You know, like I, I think I like his I like his energy. You know, the Falcons fans won't want to hear this, but, you know, hopefully uh, we get some Michael Thomas this year. You know, like, I like watching him play. play He doesn't want to play football. Well, I can't want it for him. I can't want it for him. And then. Hold on, real quick, real quick, on on Tennessee. I saw two different mock drafts that had Tennessee drafting another quarterback. quarterback, Yeah. Like fifth overall. Yeah. And I was like, Black Adam posted it. I'm like, yo, if they draft another quarterback the third year in a row after they paid their quarterback, they're not taking like, a quarterback. Somebody's like, yo, and I think somebody commented like, yeah, somebody getting fired. Like the only way that happens is somebody's getting fired. Yeah, they just draft a quarterback three years in a row. So, so that brings us to the end of the early games in, in that one o'clock mm. Eastern window. All right, Jared Goff back to pass across the middle, too high. Third and five coming up three minutes and one second left in the half. So going out to where we were just talking about, going on out to mile high, you know, where Josh McDaniel and Jimmy Garoppolo come to pay the Broncos a visit. You know, hey, I don't know what's going on. I know, like, I don't want to be the guy that makes a lot out of nothing. But, like, is there really friction between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson? Uh. I don't think it's friction. I think it's like you and I like to debate. Oh, there's a sack. And I, we don't need Yeah. I appreciate like this dialogue that we have back and forth in our conversations. But if someone told you, man, why do you have to argue with me all the time? And you like, yo, I like to talk sports. This is what I do. So if me and you are supposed to be coworkers and we share an office, and you don't want me to like kind of have this. You don't want me to be me in our conversation. And you blatantly say that out loud. It's like, OK, then who am I? Like, what do I have to do with you? So if Russell Wilson's personality and what makes him tick is just being cordial. 
you know, being the, the, the baby face killer, whatever the case may be. If, if he enjoys, like, you know what? I don't really need people to dislike me in order to perform well. And you want me to be this villain. And that's literally not my personality. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that can kid because it's he's not going to he's not going to immediately flip a switch to where he's not kissing babies and shaking hands. Right. He's he's always going to do that because that's what he's always done. So you coming in out of nowhere, dissing him off the rip about his performance and his whole staff and the offensive performance the year before. And now you're dissing who I am intrinsically. And you were just on TV because you can't stop cheating with your last team. <laughs> You lack integrity. You're going to come here and tell me I got to be somebody different. You got suspended for a whole year because you were out here letting your team trying to hunt quarterbacks. And you're trying to tell me I got to be different. Right, right. Yeah, keep in right. mind, like Russell Wilson's from Virginia. We're real silent. We're not real loud and boisterous. But when we get to that level, we'll let you know, like, this is what listen, the whole does. Yeah. <laughs> like, listen, like <laughs> we'll, give, we'll give you that. The fuck you think you talking to, man? Like you'll get that, like, cause, I, I, I'm in that, I've been in the same boat where it's like, yo, I don't need animosity to survive. But yeah. if you keep trying to call me on it, thinking that like I'm just gonna be whatever and just let you walk over me, yeah, he's like, listen, man, I don't take shit from future. I ain't gonna take it from you. <laughs> and future you might it. have some goons with him, like there future, like, it. yeah. So yeah. Like, yeah, I got the Broncos at home. probably the most overrated coach. He's becoming really the most overrated coach in the history of the NFL. All right, so hold up, hold up, hold up. Now you got to qualify that. So now that you said that. What? Okay. Who who is – no, 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 no. Who is the current most overrated coach in NFL history (laughs) that he's going to overtake? Bill Hey! Hey! Yo. Hey! Bill Barcells. You leave the big tuna out of this. I don't care. I don't care. Sean Payton's whole coaching tree. Josh McDaniels. Uh, who else am I throwing What at, in the in world that, in did you just pot. say? Like, what? Uh, listen. Give me Dan Reeves all day. Give me Don Shula all day. Give me Mike Tomlin. Give me Bill huh? Cower. Yo. Huh? Yeah, give me all of that. Give me, give me, give me those guys. I mean, it's like this. I just, I just feel like. Give me Andy Reid. Look, look what Andy Reid did in Philly. Look what Andy Reid did in Philly. Andy Reid was more successful in Philly than Sean Payton has ever been, and they ran out of Philly. Yeah, Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy have nearly identical. Yes, they do. But yeah, well, no, Sean I'm not. Payton, I wasn't. I'm not tripping off of Sean Payton. I'm tripping off of you saying Bill Parcells. I just, I just, I just feel like sometimes I think people or just I think the the what's the word gravitas of this personalities. <laughs> Listen, Grant, I guess all right. I'll I'll backtrack. I don't really think he's the most overrated of all time. I think Thank Sean you. Payton's up there, okay. but I I I think I, I think it's close. I don't I don't really. What's what's Bill Parcells' real impact? I don't know. Bill like, Belichick was architect of the defense. Lawrence Taylor was the is the the quintessential greatest defensive player of all time. See, and I thought my answer was going to be disrespectful. You said Bill Parcells. I thought I was going to be disrespectful. I was going to say Mike Dicker. Oh, he's up there too. Yeah, I was going to say Mike Dicker. That's all Buddy Ryan, baby. Exactly. That's what you I'm saying. I mean? Like that's you know what exactly I mean? what I mean. I think they they are they are split from the same atom. 
just coaching two different places, and they were essentially they were essentially standing on the shoulders of giants, being their defensive coordinators and their great defensive players. Oh, Mahomes going deep, too deep. Yeah. Oh, see, we on Peacock, and I'm still ahead of you. Well, that just happened. You know, I was ahead of you. Step. I was ahead of you the whole time until this you, last. You know, but yeah. So next, Mister Tua, I am calling you to the carpet because you are receding. You are returning to the scene of the crime. The crime being Sunday Night Football last year, ten for twenty-eight, one hundred and forty-five yards against the Chargers. You got to get your get back, sir. Everyone's like, man, Miami should have taken Justin Herbert. And this is the toughest game all week for me to choose. Like, even with Tua playing that badly, they only lost 23 to 17. So, like, so, like, <laughs> so this is this is a hard game for me to choose because because the, the winner of this game, I don't even know. This ain't gonna this ain't even gonna make sense. So I'm gonna back up. One of these two teams is either gonna be the surprise of the season that shocks somebody in the playoffs or they're going to be the most overhyped team in the league that leads to disappointment. No in between. See, I feel what you, I feel what you're saying. I think they're, I think like the same thing I just said about uh, Dick and Parcells. I think these, both of these teams are split from the same atom. I think they are identical teams on opposite coast. Yeah. So you have Miami. They have the wide receiver core that you can't match up man to man with. Like you have to switch it up. Some teams you could just play straight man to man or press coverage all day long because their wide receiver core isn't like, for instance, like New England. New England's wide receiver core is essentially unproven, a bunch of unproven guys. You got to. You could push them to the point where you make them beat you. You can't do that with Miami because if you miss one jam, <laughs> it's over. It's a wrap. Especially <laughs> if you're in like cover one and the safety's in the middle of the field and you miss a jam on Waddle and he's running like a little, like a little, like a little wheel route off that. It's a wrap. If you miss that, no one's getting over there. Two is going to get it there. It's a touchdown. Same thing with uh, the Chargers. If you, if you try to play this wide receiver core too aggressively and, and you miss, Herbert's going to hold on to the ball. That man and, and he's going to fire it off. And his yeah. wide receivers are big, so he, his, his his margin for error is huge because the size of his wide receivers. Right. Whereas two of his wide receivers are so fast and so quick. Granted, they're smaller, but they're so fast that his he'll have a two-yard window to get the ball in. Right, um, right. So I, I think for that, they, they're kind of the same team. They both have you know, pretty solid defensive front. Khalil Mack and Bosa are more clean than Chubb and the Phillips. But they, as far as like what they can do is with the size speed combination on, on off the ends, the Rams Grant is not playing, but like the whole defensive scheme. I just think McDaniels is going to play more to his quarterback strengths. Third and 17. Oh, yeah. and we got a catch. He caught that. Oh my God. Valdez Scatley, you know. So, so I gave you two a right 10 for 28, 145. Well, wait, wait, wait. Would you not? Why would you take the uh, the holding call and make him go for it on fourth down? I would have. I would. I would have let him make him go for it on fourth down. I would have too. Oh, we got a wide open receiver. First and goal, Kansas City. 
You know, see this this is what Kansas City does. They just break your heart. You got They had a holding call that had him in third and 17 two plays ago. That would have crippled most teams. Yeah. Minnesota gets a third and 17 into the first half. Kirk Cousins going to throw it for 8 yards. And you know, throw a drag <laughs> to the tight end and now they're punting. But tell me, so so I gave you two a right 10 for 28 145, right? Tell okay. me this isn't the most Justin Herbert stat line. So, like I said, it was 23 to 17, Sunday night football, right? All right wait, 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 let me guess it. Let me guess it. All right. Justin Herbert. Oh, touchdown. Man, I hate when you get ahead of me. <laughs> and that's not even Noah it. Gray, y'all. That's another tight end. <laughs> that's Blake Bell. Yo, if, if former you're quarterback at Oklahoma. For Oklahoma, yeah. He came <laughs> like Lane Johnson was a former quarterback. Now he's offensive tackle. It's crazy what weight can do. So Justin Herbert, typical stat line, 23 to 17. I'm going to say he was 36 for 48, 265 yards, one touchdown, no picks. Yo, you started off good. 39 of 51. (laughs) I knew it was going to be something ridiculous. 367 yards. One touchdown, no interceptions. <laughs> you know, this is the guy that threw 25 touchdown passes, but he just throws all the he damn ball time. 799 times. That's what I'm saying. What's going on? All right, so then we go up to the 12th man. You know, we got the Rams wait, wait, coming. Who'd you, did you, who'd you pick in that game? You oh, know? I didn't pick anybody, did I? See, I tried to sneak out of there. Yeah. I'm going with the Chargers. I'm just going with them because they the home team. I got no other reason. All right, so let's let's do a quick recap to see who you got versus Web. I got I got Kansas City, I got Baltimore, yeah, yeah. I got Cincinnati, so that's where we differ. So yeah, I'm just I got putting Cleveland, Astros. yeah. I got Minnesota, I got Atlanta, yep. I got Arizona. Nah, you ain't got Arizona. Stop that. <laughs> I got Washington. Uh, I got Jacksonville. I jumped on the bandwagon with Pitt, New Orleans. I got Denver. Yeah, I got Denver too. I got Denver. I got Philly. Oh, we haven't gotten to Philly yet. Yeah, we haven't uh, got so there got, yet. We haven't got. I got there. Miami. So yeah, I got yeah. Miami. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers. the Chargers. Yeah, I'm okay. taking the Chargers. So far, we got two. You know, it's just a tough game for me to pick. So when in doubt, I just go with the home team. And then you know, then we go into the 12th man. You know, no Cooper Cup. So I guess I got the Seahawks. <laughs> no Cooper Cup. You know, Stafford's first game back. You know, coming off of surgery and everything. I'm guessing Van Jefferson is going to be wide receiver number one. You know, Cam Akers is going to be your running back, but the Rams aren't good at running the ball. So, you know, my whole point of the Rams for this season, so we were talking about Todd Bowles and how he's probably going to be the first coach to get fired week six, week seven, or something along those lines. Yeah, I don't think he makes it to Halloween. Yeah, McVay might be the first coach to quit after like week five. He he has to finish out in order to get hired. <laughs> in order to get his job, in order to get Sean Payton's job that he just vacated to go to Denver, he has to finish the season because you can't put him on TV if he quits on his team in the middle of the year. Yeah. Because that's all you'll hear about. I know people have a short memory and like sports goes on a news cycle, you know, it's a 24-hour news cycle. But if he slides and then you hire him. It's like he's he has to finish out the year. It's gonna be tough. It's like because I like I like to play Madden at night when I'm like chilling, 
And I'm like, I look at my, because I, you know, have a favorable schedule. I go to work. It's like nine o'clock. So I'm like, all right, I could lay it down at one o'clock and still get seven good hours of sleep, go to work. So it's like 12, 15. I play a game. I win. My streak's like four or five games. Like, you know, what? I'm going to play one more. And I play one more and I lose badly. I'm like, I can't go to now sleep. You got to stay up. Yeah. You got to Now stay I got to play another one. That's Stafford this year. Stafford's injury. If he would have played out last year, I think he would have rode off into the sunset. Because you would have seen the writer on the wall. It's like, this team can't win. But right, because right. he got injured, he's got to come back. Because he's, he's, he's it's, it's 1255. I can get to sleep by 130. I get to sleep by 120 if I make this dude quit. So that's where he's at. Like, he, I think, like, I'm not speaking for him, but I, I think just, like, he accomplished a lot in Detroit. He was a good quarterback. He didn't get a lot of wins out of it. But he's very entertaining. He had a he had a pretty lengthy, remarkable career. He got big paydays. He got a uh, you know he, had, he played with a Hall of Fame wide receiver. He's on the fringe of a Hall of Fame vote. Depends on how this this new high passing volume era of voting goes. Starting with guys like Eli, Ben, Philip, Matt Ryan. Whenever he officially retires, so depending on how these guys pan out. Because if you get Eli, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, then Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, I think they're in. And then that puts guys like Flacco on the fringe. Cam that puts Newton. guys like Cam Newton on the fringe. Whereas if you don't get – if Matt Ryan or Phillip Rivers don't get in, then that would leave Stafford on the outside. So I think one more year maybe to solidify his legacy might help out. But <coughs> the team – they they could have probably done better. They probably could have traded Aaron Donald this offseason and bolstered the offense as much as they could. Yeah, they traded Ramsey. And, and steadied the defense. Like, get me some good defensive players yeah. in here and give me some excellent playmakers. Bring Odell back if you because you could trade and get the pieces, whatever, move the money around, get Odell back. Just let's play, you know, greatest show on turf, old school St. Louis Ram style. Let's see what we can do. But they kind of was like they had they had like one foot in each pond, like the warm pond and the cold one. Mm-hmm. And now you're like, man, you're gonna you're gonna struggle to go five and twelve. All right, then you got uh you got the Eagles going to Foxborough, you know. So can Bill Belichick do it? Did they outlaw that uh that rugby scrum first like quarterback sneak that Philly does? <laughs> Um, I know they they brought it up. It's a couple of di- different rules that have kind of snuck under the radar that people haven't talked about. You know how in college you get the ball, essentially anything's a touchback on a kickoff. Yeah, NFL is the same way. Uh-huh. If you fair catch it at the five, you get the ball to twenty five. Yeah. If you fair catch it before the twenty five yard line in the NFL, you get the ball to the twenty five yard line. It looks like people don't even uh, know that. It looks like it's still legal. That's still legal. Another pat, another play that um, like not the touch, the RPO. If you hand the ball off in front, the quarterback, if they hand off in front, I think that's illegal now. I read that a couple of months ago. I don't know if it was like, you know, they were still waiting on a vote. But if you do, if you hand the ball off in front, I think they consider it like an illegal forward pass. 
seven seconds. Then I gotta. Yeah, they're gonna. Yeah, I'll let you get there. I'm at seven seconds. Yeah, they just clocked it. So, yeah. yeah so, uh, you know, I'm interested to see how Mac Jones reacts to the pressure that he's going to be under. You know, of course, Philly led the league in sacks last year, NFL record. Um, so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. But they picked up Juju, so maybe some quick drop offs. They have, they have, they have no, they have nothing. They have, they have no. None of, like somebody like Nick Wright wants to get him shot out. Nick Wright first first things first. He was like, "There's not a wide receiver on that starts for New England that would be in the wide receiver room for Pittsburgh." Like that's the that's the gap of talent that New England wide receivers have. Uh, I mean, Juju came from there. <laughs> who who like who are you getting rid of to put Juju in? I don't know. What does Juju like, give you? If Juju was like, yo, I'll be forced. Not getting rid of Pickens, not getting rid of Johnson. Washington, maybe? But that would mean Juju would have to be, like, cool with just simply being a slot guy to a rookie, court, like a second-year quarterback. Yeah. Then you have Friar Moose as a tight end, so he's a probably a bigger passing threat. New England didn't do – like, I love Bill Belichick, but he should not be – the final voice on uh, personnel decisions. Personnel decisions. Yeah, he should be a loud voice, right? Right, and a neutral person who worked at some other agency or team should be like that. This is a part where like an analytics guy would be valuable. Like, no, we're we're not going to take this guy because you like his work ethic. We're going to take <laughs> this guy because he runs a four three nine and he's six foot four teach him hold on <laughs> don't say anything you know but yeah so uh i don't see uh yeah I was you didn't want like, you didn't you didn't want to risk a block punt no you just throw a hail mary no you don't you he can't make it that far that was a 70 yard throw in the end zone all right but uh <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. Yes, I don't know. Yes, I don't know. Like, like, I guess you pick the Patriots. Like, the Eagles will win. But I guess you pick it to be a close game because it's in Foxborough. They got Belichick. But in my mind, there is not a close game going on. I mean, first, their first, we'll say, first, their first half drives would go three and out, three and out you know, five and out, punt, 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 maybe strip sack. Because <laughs> I said, like, there's, like, there's some teams where you can't just, you can't just load the box up and play aggressively because those guys are burning. Yes, these guys are all NFL athletes, but some guys are built differently. The Miami wide receiver core, the Chicago wide receiver core, uh, Patrick Mahomes with, his receiving core and Andy Reid's play design, getting tight ends wide open in the flat, getting running backs in action. You can't just you can't just blitz them a lot. Tom Brady right. when he was playing like you can't <clears throat> just blitz them. Peyton Manning he would see a pre snap. You could. There are certain teams where you just can't do it. Bryce Young right now you can put all eleven guys at the line <laughs> of scrimmage, and he had he 
at no point in his life will he be able to reflect upon the time where any other team did that pre-snap. Even if it's only for like two seconds, just bring everybody up, boom, and then drop them into whatever coverage. He had never, he has never seen that. But if you do it against, if you try that against Kirk Cousins, he knows you're not bringing that many guys, and he'll just wait it out. He'll point, point, point. He'll link up with Jefferson. He'll make the eye contact, and and they'll they have a route for that because of the time that they had together. Mac Jones' first year with Bill O'Brien. Still under Bill Belichick umbrella. Still not. I'm pretty sure Bill is like I drafted the wrong guy. I think he he feels like this guy can't get me over the hump. And it, it's I just I think that they're gonna lean on their defense, but their offense is gonna produce two or three, three and outs in a row to start the game. Right. Yeah, so I got Philly big time. Like, uh, I, I won't say big time, but I'll just say, like, I don't know, 27 to 10, something along those lines. Philly's going to go up a few possessions in the first half and take and their, just gonna take the their air out the ball. Yeah. The same then, thing they did last season. And then we got uh, the last game of the four o'clock window the Monsters of the Midway. Got them evil, evil green and yellow Packers. Going into Soldier Field, which could be a sneaky game of the day candidate as well. I think that has, I think that's more likely to be game of the day than the Minnesota Tampa Bay one. Well, no, I said Pittsburgh and San Francisco would be my game of the day, but um, no, you said the Minnesota Tampa Bay game was well, I said, be like no, I more said that entertaining. Was, yeah, it'll be better than we think. That's what I said. Yeah, like yeah. it, like like I think everybody obviously just has Minnesota winning that game, but I don't think it's going to necessarily be dominant. You know, I love um, making these picks because I've done it. You know, I've done it for years. Like, yeah, I've yeah. watched football for you know the better part of my existence, and I, I make these picks, and I have viable reasons in my head while I'm making. These, I circle them out like I, I wrote it out like this, where you just circle who you think is going to win. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Like, so I circled it out. I'm like, I'm super confident. And then I'm going to watch TV on Sunday and be like, man, I was not right at all. Yeah. The NFL don't work that way, especially early so, in the season. I'm going to be so wrong on like two of these games. Yeah. Two or three of these games is going to be like, man, I knew I should have picked the other team. Yeah. So who you like, got? The, the, so, so who you got I this got one? I got Chicago because um, I like their wide receiver core. I like, like I said, I, I think the. I think the defense pre-snap makes Green Bay or like the offense pre-snap makes Green Bay's defense have to respect multiple layers of multiple facets of the the offense. You got to respect the Justin Fields running option. You got to respect his arm. You got to respect DJ Moore's route running and playmaking because he's one of the fastest guys in the NFL. I think a few years ago, before he changed his number to two, he caught a pass, uh, like a little drag route. And when he turned it upfield, it was like the, the fastest recorded speed of that season, something like 22 miles an hour in his touchdown. Yeah. So he has, he's a big wide receiver. So you don't expect him to be, to move like that. He just played in Carolina for, last few years so people don't really know they normally they're normally in the one o'clock slot even with cam cam is the guy you to focus on in carolina you didn't really focus on anybody else so i think that claypool being a big body 
I'm not sure if I'm not sure if he's patient enough to like wait his turn to get the ball. If if that's gonna implode, I don't know how it's gonna play out for a whole season. But I know in a game like this where you, you gotta respect the size, it's damn near six foot five, two twenty, two thirty. And then Mooney in the slot where he's comfortable and you have a quarterback that can keep the play alive, the slot wide receivers normally being, you know, covered by the third or fourth cornerback or a linebacker, depends on the formation. Linebacker gets his head in the backfield because Justin Field rolls out. Mooney spins out. Now it's a 17-yard gain because Justin Field's arm, can he can make any throw in the field. So I think you got to respect all of that. And I like Jordan Love, but we don't know his, you know, his – is his, his, his moxie in a real game. Like, he, he came in for Aaron in a couple of games, but, yo, I'm the man on these streets. I got this rivalry game against a team that's up and coming. Uh, it's like Chicago and that just because I think offensively, they just make you – offensively, they just make you – they're going to make you work more than uh, Green Bay will. I'm going with the cheese. Uh, the one thing that does scare me a little bit, is these injuries, you know, because Dubes and Christian Watson both got the hamstrings. Dubes came back to practice, so we're going to have to wait and see if uh, Watson is going to come back to practice. Soft tissue, man. You know. (laughs) But, uh, you know, um, Green Bay, you know, for your DJ Moore, Green Bay has a top two or three corner in the league to match up with him. You know, uh, I think that Green Bay can run the ball on Chicago. Now that they don't have Aaron Rodgers, they don't have to force it and throw it, you know, just to appease somebody's ego. So now they can use Aaron Jones, and if he's ineffective, you got A.J. Dillon coming in. So um, so I like that dynamic. Um, you know, Chicago got some good pickups. They went and got Edmonds from Buffalo, and I believe uh, T.J. Edwards from Philly. So, you know, so this should be improved on defense from where they this were could, last year. Yeah, this could be the game of the day. This could be the game that's like, you know, 27-24, but it's, you know, three touchdowns in the last, like, six yeah. minutes of the game. Kind of yep. like guys just, like, let loose, go for it, and game-winning field goal, 45, yeah. you know, 50 yards, something like that. Yeah, I think it has and, that kind of potential. You know, uh, but I also – I don't think – I don't know if Chicago can run the ball on Green Bay. You know, that's the other part of it, you know, and I well, also my receivers, you, 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 you can't put that many guys in the box. No, you can't. But, but, but I just don't know if Chicago's offensive line is built to hold up that way for long periods of time. Like, you know, Justin Fields, that's why he had to run like outside of the fact that no, he didn't Justin have receivers, Fields had to, had run, to run because he wouldn't throw the ball to his first read. Well, they, but they also have a weak offensive line that they've had for the, like the it last looks like three that. Or four if the years. guy never throws it to his first read, he literally <laughs> well, they, never, Chicago's like, had a weak offensive line since they had Jay Cutler, but that I, Jay Cutler, I don't think, listen, I think the offensive line gets discredited a little too much. If it was so like the Washington game, I'll give you, he was throwing jump passes and getting hit and landing because he's in the air and the hit looks way worse. It's like, yo, if you didn't jump pass, if you just would have <laughs> thrown it to the tight end in the flat, like the 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 play call for, you'd yeah. be fine. Like, yo, that one yard of space that they have is open in the NFL. Throw the ball. He didn't do that. So it because he had over a thousand yards rushing as a quarterback. So his right. offensive line 
so bad, but he still got a thousand yards rushing because he's running for his life. I don't think so. I think it was a matter of like he didn't have really that many threats to say get the ball out because Mooney was his number one guy for most of the season last uh-huh. year. Then they had the guy that out of UCF that was got drafted. Uh, that year injuries every single year. Kevin something I believe I can't remember. Get the dreads. I don't remember. I know they had Anthony Miller out of Memphis, and then um, they they had a uh, Keneal, uh Keneal Harry. He was on the team, so oh, like Nikhil, they just had like yeah, yeah, yeah. Nikhil Harry. Yeah, so they had they had like this makeshift group of wide receivers. So yeah, it didn't look like those guys were going to be open. I think with DJ Moore and Claypool, you're gonna you're gonna tell if if Claypool's open, it's gonna look open. He's he's too big to look like he's covered when he's open. Right. And DJ Moore is so good all over the field that Jay Alexander, I don't know if he's going to be able to travel with them and all the places they can put him. And if they do, now you got the guy Mooney, who is your number one guy will be open. He, Justin Fields just let the ball go because it's, they can't, like I said, they can't press. They can't put that many guys in the box because it's like one, I mean, one dude misses a jam. It's a wrap. Oh, that is valid, but it's he's still got to do space. it. <laughs> yeah, you know he's. We still have to see him do it. We, you know, like they ha- he has to learn. I don't know if he has to learn, but the Bears have to learn how to win. You know, uh, I like the coaching matchup as well. You know, so we'll see. You know, but I like. We'll Green see Bay. if Lafleur can really like get his Sean McVay on because I know Aaron Rodgers is a huge personality, and it's like sometimes, man, you want to be the big dog in a room. Yeah, and you and you just getting there, you know, like yo, some like somebody has it on me. Like we talked about how we were in NCOA. Everybody wants to be the articulate guy who keeps the lessons going in the room. And the first couple of days, you could tell people were like kind of clamoring for that position, and then you just kind of realize, like yo, this guy has the floor, or, or this or this young lady just she has the ability to kind of command the room right you just gotta you gotta take a back seat it takes a while but you have to have some self-awareness be like yo all right i gotta take the back seat i think matt floor took the back seat to aaron Rodgers for the last couple of years he gets to step up and, and put his imprint on it so hopefully that, that works out for him but like i said I, I got chicago because i i just think that the i think the the couple of years of justin fields getting his head beat in <laughs> and still being still being somewhat successful as an individual player and then adding better pieces with that, the, the Carolina, uh, you know, trade. Um, I just I think that that will help him. I think DJ Moore is going to be able to say, listen, man, if you see me turn my shoulder to Randy, like they said, the Randy Moss effect. When Randy Moss was like, listen. Yeah. <laughs> like as a quarterback, like Tom Brady had never thrown. I think he threw for more than 30 touchdowns in a season up until that point. Yeah. But when he got, he got Randy, he was like, Oh, so this is what it's like to have one of these. It was like maybe two or three guys in the league like that. I think you had Marvin Harrison in the league. That was one of those dynamic guys. You had T.O. You had Moss. It's probably like maybe maybe one or two guys I might be missing that were just that dynamic. But those are the top three guys you could think of. So how about that Kansas City defense? You know, Detroit, 91 yards on their touchdown drive. 97 yards on the rest of their drives. 24 so 14 plays 91 yards on the touchdown drive 24 plays 97 yards the rest of the half so you know 
you know, Kansas City's defense is here, I guess. You know, we'll see if they can hold up. You know, Chris Jones is, is there, not playing, but he's there. Kansas City gets the ball to start the second half. Pray for Detroit, strange, ladies and gentlemen. Strangest holdout in the history of sports. So then, yeah, I mean, Nick Bosa just ended his. So, uh, yeah, so then while we're at it, you know, that was the end of our 4 o'clock window. So Sunday night, the NFC East, Dallas. And East Rutherford, you know, Daniel Jones, the $45 million man or whatever he is, $40 million or whatever it was, you know. Uh, so could he take charge and beat the Cowboys? Nah, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I just, I just think the Giants are a bad matchup for Dallas. Like, I mean, or, or the other way around. I think Dallas is just a bad matchup for the Giants. I think. Dallas is just. I don't think the Giants think have anything think, to neutralize with Dallas's strengths. I think Dallas has like snuck up on people because I know people they talk about how talented Dallas's defense is, but it's like Demarcus Lawrence, Michael Parsons, Van der Bosch. You just have so many just big time playmakers. Where are you at? I got. I'm at 14, 16, and a third. Uh, yeah, I'm about the same. Okay, because I had to about reset mine. Yeah, I'm at 14, 11, and counting. Okay. So, yeah, um, you know, I, I just think that... Dallas won 24 games the last two years. Well, well I don't... And, a, and, and what people what people consider, like, down years. They won 24 games. Right. 24 out of 34 games. And I think they they get better. I don't, I'm not sure about Pollard's health. Uh. I know the Giants, they have Darren Waller, but I don't know if they really add anything on the outside. And well, they got Jalen. They, they drafted Jalen Hyatt. Drafted Jalen oh, Hyatt. Oh, Pacheco's limping. He's walking, though. He's all right. Yeah, Jersey's finest. Shout out to Millville. What up? Uh, but, yeah, so I just think Dallas Dallas just owns the Giants, and they have, like, the last seven or eight years, even through all the ups and downs and trials and tribulations and – us throwing dirt on the Cowboys every year. They're at 10 wins, 11 wins, 12 wins, 10 wins, 11 wins. It's just like the team's talented. I think it's just we 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 give them postseason expectations in the preseason that are hard to attain for any team. I mean, hell, right. the last five years – one team has stamped themselves into the AFC championship game and the rest of the AFC hasn't been able to compete. You had the Bengals were in it twice. The Patriots were in it. Who else did they, did they play in the AFC championship? I think they had the Titans one year in the AFC championship game. Yep, they did. And then give me another one. Who's that's escaping me. Was it Buffalo? Was it Buff Buffalo was an AFC. Wasn't it the 13 second one? That was the AFC championship game. I thought that was the because that was the one Stefan Diggs stayed I on the field was, with the confetti. I thought that was the divisional round, and I thought that no, was because he, they... he, he stayed on the field and watched the confetti fall. And I don't think they dropped confetti. Oh, but... yeah, that was the year Kansas City beat uh Cleveland with uh yes. Baker Mayfield, yeah, Baker yeah. Mayfield with, yeah. with, with, with Chad Henney on the fourth down play, yeah, yeah, when Cleveland should have won, yeah, should have, could have, would have. So, if you think about the <laughs> AFC, pretty much you know. Three 15, and out for Detroit's defense. 
15 teams have been vying for that one spot the last five years. So when you give the Cowboys the expectation that like you guys are going to represent NC and Super Bowl, it's like, listen, you got a whole other conference over there. 15 of those teams aren't even getting close to it because one team is dominating the whole thing. Right. So when they fall short in the playoffs to a team like San Francisco that just plays good, smart, sound defense, and they make timely plays, and they get hands, and it gets interceptions and tips. It just makes right. it look like the Cowboys are an awful team. They just they just have Super Bowl history, which is like five presidents ago, and then people just get upset when they don't like. Listen, they're they're not gonna always get there, but I think as far as the matchup with teams like the Giants, everyone's their darlings. Well, I just think that the Giants can't do anything, like you know, because Michael Parsons is going to be coming after Daniel Jones. You know, and then even if Daniel Jones does get it off, you know, Diggs, you know, he'll give up some yards, but he's obviously I didn't good. even mention Diggs. But he's oh, good. For- we forgot about Stephon Gilmore and the other Hey, side. no, hey, don't be stealing my thunder. I was about to go there. <laughs> you know, that's what I was about to say. Like, like, so so Diggs is good for an interception, even though he'll give up a few he'll yards. Give, yeah, he'll give but up 177 yards Gilmore tomorrow. On the other side, so you're just going to be throwing at Diggs for the most part. And then he's going to get two picks. Yeah, and then, like I said, Parsons is going to be bearing down on you. You know, um, the Dallas's defensive line is just going to be able to dominate the line of scrimmage, so I'm not sure how much rushing room Saquon will have. He'll be able to get something out of the backfield. You know, The Giants won't be able but, to set the tempo because right, of the playmakers right. Dallas has on defense. And then, and then when you get the offense, the Giants don't have the corners because you could go, well, hey, they got C.D. Lamb, and, you know, like, if they could double CD, well, they can't. They got Brandon Cooks now. And they got Michael know? Gallup. And Malcolm, I Michael wanted Gallup. him in the slot. Yeah, wait, just waiting to feast, you know. And, and you know, if nothing else, Dallas's offensive line is going to be solid. You know, yeah. they're going to, you know, like be good enough. Five longhorn fucking studs <laughs> from some yeah. ranch in Houston. Yeah. They're going to be good uh, enough. And then, you Dak, know? and then Dak loves his tight ends. So, I, it just – you don't want to say I think this is Dallas's year because I don't want I wouldn't say it anyway. Like granted, we could prognosticate. Well, that's what I told you. But when well, we did our want. way too early Super Bowl picks, so yeah. or play, I, that's what I said. If Dallas doesn't do it this year, I don't know when they're going to do it. You know, if uh, they just simply played, if they just understand, like, all right, our strength is this: we have two corners. One is a shutdown corner. One is an opportunistic corner. If they just stick to that. Like, listen, dog, don't change. Like, we got be Asante Samuel and Revis. Just be opportunistic. <laughs> get the picks. If they if they get inside the five, that's fine because we got Michael Parsons that can cover a tight end in the flat. He can rush the passer. He can play the run. He can play the pass. Got the Marcus Lawrence in the middle, or he can put the Marcus Lawrence on the other Van der Esch. Van der Esch in the middle. I mean, you 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 have you have erasers at every level. So even if Michael Parsons isn't getting there, you can, as a defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, you're like, listen, don't worry about it. We got Gilmore and Diggs on the back end. We're good to go. Yeah. Pin your ears so, back. Pin your ear back and go. And then if one of these, these guys mess up, they're like, don't worry about it. We're going to get the ball back with our pass rush, and we're right. going to get a strip sack. You know? So I think if they can just kind of stick to that, then they'll be fine. The Giants have a good squad that has to play mistake-free football. Yeah, they're solid. They're solid. You know, like, but I just think that Dallas Daniel Jones might is be a big. little bit I mean, too much. Six five, two thirty-five in the NFL. That's a that's a big that's a big person. Like you look at someone like right now, I weigh like you know, two thirty-five. 
but I don't, I'm not Daniel Jones. I'm a different kind of, t- I'm like a dad by 235. Like, yeah, you might wrestle with me, but like run into a dude, like a Josh Allen, 6'5", 240, Ben Roethlisberger. You see a guy who used to hang on Roethlisberger and he would stand up there and still throw darts. Like that's a, that's a big guy. So Daniel Jones is a big guy. It's just the fact that it's like, how, how much can you rely solely on him just being big? When right. you have so many, you have so many mountains to climb on that Dallas defense. If they right. keep their, if Dallas keeps their heads level and they don't let Subo expectations get to them, then I think every every week, if they think like yo, we're we're zero and zero every single time that they play, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I picked them. Uh, you know, when we did our picks, I picked them NFC Championship game to lose to Philly. So you know, like. Uh, and, but it was still like when I got there, it was still a coin flip. Like Dallas is talented enough to stand up the field. They're like the one team in the conference. Like San Francisco has the defense and they have the office of parts. I just question whether Brock Purdy could get it done. You know, um, whereas Dallas, I think. How does just, Brock Purdy respond after a bad full game? We haven't right. seen it yet. He got injured. Right. He played good games. He played a couple of average games, but they were all wins for the most part. And then he had the injury where he came back out, you know, he, so he couldn't throw, but he came back out, took snaps, handoffs, so forth and so on in the NFC champ game against Philly. Right. We don't know how he's going to perform if they, if they go to a team that's supposed to be, and he throws two picks. Right. 18 for 31, 205 yards and two picks. They still win, but how does he bounce back? If he, you know, Phillips, he, he doesn't help his team win. Fourth down, Detroit three and out. Kansas City's going to get some beautiful field positioned. So, uh, you know, then, of course, that brings us to Monday night. Two games. You know, that brings us back to Monday night. You know, so, like, Monday night, September 11th, you know, like, all the pageantry and all that good stuff. And this year, sadly, there's only one game on Monday night. So I like um, that because that, that second West Coast game, you were done with football for the week, especially on the East Coast. So like, man, I can't watch this game. It's <laughs> one o'clock in the morning when that game goes off. Well, we got Buffalo at East Rutherford. So how about that? East Rutherford getting the nightcaps or back-to-back nights. Doesn't seem like that was something that was happening on purpose. Yeah. So, That's just know. so Goodell doesn't have to travel because he's yeah. in Kansas City right now. He's going to go back to New York offices and he can be at both games Sunday night and Monday night, and he just right across the Hudson. But you know, I'm picking Buffalo. Um, you know, I just got to see Aaron Rodgers with this team. You know, like obviously he didn't play a lot during preseason, so I feel like there's going to be a learning curve slash like some kind of game action that they need to work rhythm that they need to work through. You know, and I don't think Buffalo's the type of team you want to do that against. I just don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be good because it's going to be games like Monday night that they can win. They're going to be down at some point. Buffalo's just going to make a couple of plays. 10-3 going in the second quarter. You know, maybe 13-3 at some point. They're going to be down double digit. And it's going to be plays to be made. Like Aaron Rodgers can look at the, the pads, whatever they use, the Microsoft tablets, or if he likes the paper. And he can look at it and say, all right, you know what, McCole, you got to run a deeper cross on this because your speed, you can run away from this guy. And then, hey, Wilson, you come. Like, he can do that. I don't know if he does, though. 
And that's the thing. I think he's going to be like, you should know to be in this spot so I can throw you the ball versus I need you here so I can get you the ball. So it's going to be a lot of him throwing the ball to Lazard when, when it gets tight or Randall Cobb just being in the game for way too many plays when he's getting, he's got Randall Cobb's going to get a lot of second half targets and Garrett Wilson won't throughout multiple weeks throughout this year. And I think he can start week one. Yeah. I want to see uh, how much Brees Hall is going to play. If he plays at all, you know, they got, three uh, they running got, backs. They got Dalvin cook, you know, so um, th- th- that's going to be the question. That's going to be the question. Can Buffalo commit to the run? Will they run the ball? Or will Josh Allen still know IQ this thing? Yo, the, all those quarterback keeper runs to the right, they can just run outside zone handoffs with the running back. It's just from the same spot. Literally, only thing that's different is like one less blocker. Like, yeah. But Josh Allen can just roll the other way. Maybe he holds up a linebacker for a second. And then whatever running back you give it to gets get, can get on the edge. I just don't understand why they kept calling that. Just direct snap it to the running back. Like, listen, you don't have to be cute. You know what? We're gonna line up. We're gonna we're gonna take Josh Allen off the field. We are running right. this ball. Right. We are doing direct snap. We're gonna run this ball. So sometimes it's just you you gotta take you gotta take the complexity out of a simple task. Versus just like, oh, we're going to get ahead of him by like snapping the ball directly to Josh Allen and having him run. the rookie, Jack Campbell, making a play for Detroit, you know. But, uh, you know, that's that's my guy from Iowa, yeah, you know. But, uh, yeah, so like, yeah, so it looks like we both got Buffalo there, you know. So then, uh, you know, we got some college games, you know, saying like, might as well just get right on to it, elephant in the room, so to speak. Did somebody say elephant Tuscaloosa? Texas and Alabama. Yeah, Texas. They played something like in their normal rotation before they put the backups in when the game was pretty much in hand. I guess they were like the defensive coordinator was going to rotate like twenty to twenty-three different defensive players in, like just as like the talent wise, like we have so many talented players that my rotation is 22, 20 to 23 players. It's like 12 defensive linemen that they were just cycling in. Oh yeah. Oh, there's a pick. Oh, and we're going to the house. We are going to the house house call for the lions on a tip pass. Patrick. Oh man, we got no us a MVP game. We got no us a MVP game. for you, Patrick. We got us a game in Arrowhead, folks. We got so let's a game in Arrowhead. That's the rookie. All right, who? Oh, Kadarius Tony. Yep, Kadarius Tony bounced off his hands. Both, hands. both hands. Yeah, that'd be the rookie, Brian Branch, and right on cue because what school did he go to? Probably Bama. Alabama. You know what I'm saying? So right on cue there. No, I'm going with Texas. You going with Texas? I'm going okay. with Texas. You going with Texas. I'm going to go with Bama just because. The eyes of Texas are on you. I did you. like how Quinn Ewers looked in the first half against Rice. Um, He missed a lot of deep shots, like throwing them out of bounds. Like it, he was missing, he was missing, he was missing short. 
He was missing them long. He was missing them wide. In the first half, when the game, I want to say it was in balance, but Rice completely overmatched, even with their 23-year-old quarterback who's been in four schools. They were just completely overmatched from the beginning. Like Texas, it was one of those games where they were going to need plays like this. Wide ball goes off wide receiver's hands, catch it, touchdown, you know, a fumble, and they just get like a couple of cheap touchdowns off of it. Rice did, didn't didn't get any of that, but Texas didn't capitalize on the fact that Rice was pretty much inept offensively. And then on defense, the sun was leaning on the Rice bench the whole game. Texas yeah. side, they had fans and awnings and air conditioning, and they had the shade from the way the, the, the design of the stadium. Rice was just literally cooking like, like I said, cooking like rice on the other side. So those guys just got worn down in Texas where it was able to pull away in the second half. But yeah, Quinn, did, he didn't look like a guy that he didn't look like he was that much better than the defense he was playing against. Well, so I can't imagine that he's just going to, he's going to elevate his play from one Saturday to the next to see, play against Bama. I'm about to break my rule here. Okay. I tried not to use last year as a precursor to what's going to happen this year. But when I go back to Texas and Alabama last year, Quinn Ewers looked the part. He came in the game. He was dispatching Alabama up and down the field until he got taken out. And he was out for the rest of the game. Hudson Card came in, did the same thing that Ewers was doing for the most part. Just couldn't get them into the end zone. They had to settle for field goals. Problem is, Alabama had Bryce Young last year. And this year, they don't. The good news is, the game is in Tuscaloosa. And last year, it wasn't. You know, but Sark, Sark, you know, came from Saban's staff. So, he's in tune with Nick Saban and how Nick Saban approaches games and all this kind of stuff. They probably have the best defensive line that Alabama is going to see all year. And their offensive line ain't half bad either. I think their performance against Rice was more so one of those. They Playing were really prepared for Bama. They were preparing for Bama. Like they, you they sound were like some people in our in our group. You know, they were looking ahead. Well, no, I just think looking that, ahead. No, I just think that. No, I mean, they just didn't look good. But but, but even I don't even think, looking ahead. But, but even I don't if even you're think, looking ahead to Alabama. The throw you have to make in a non-pressure situation, which it should have been. It should have been pitch and catch. I don't even think that they were looking past Rice. I don't even think they were looking past Rice. I think that since fall camp started, it's just been Alabama. Like yeah, it had nothing Alabama to do with Rice. Nothing to do with him. It had nothing to do with open guys. No, Literally, sometimes he, dudes. Sometimes dudes just make bad throws. Patrick Mahomes, you know, like every just, sing, that things, one went off his hands. Yeah, I know, but I'm he just didn't saying, hit him they, in the hands. He no, threw him to the No, no, I'm saying that things happen. Like you know what I mean. Patrick Mahomes threw a great ball. Hit the receiver in the hands. Defender takes it. To, things just happen. I'm not you know saying I mean? things, but that's not the same thing as things just happen. That's literally missing every single deep throw he threw. Every single one he missed. Every single one. And they, it wasn't like they were defended. Not it was. It wasn't like they were deflected. He just missed every single one. It People didn't. He did not games. look. He did not. But that's what I'm saying. So the score made it look like it was a good game. I just don't think you can get away with that. No, giving obviously drives, not. Obviously giving, not. Like, give, you're essentially giving away you're giving away points when you're missing those long, wide open throws. Yeah, I agree with all, that. You like know, but I also quarter, think that Bama, the fourth quarter. 
But I also think that Bama doesn't necessarily know what they're going to get from their quarterback. That he can run. You know, it all yeah. fails. Tuck it and go. And I hey. think Nick will be good with that. We'll if, see. We'll if see. If he needs you to know, put the other guy in that could just throw he it. He also, hey, if like I said, going back to last season, he also has a bit of the fumbleitis as well. So like he could take off if he want to. But but you know, I think that Texas knows or feels, I'll say feels, you know, the whole Buffalo thing. They feel they can beat Alabama because they went down. You feelings to this fact fight. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm just saying that game with Bryce Young. You bring a lot of feelings recently. That game, that game. Oh, hold up. Mahomes, is he going deep? Here we go across the middle. Nope. Short hop. No, but, but the, prob- the problem is, is that even with Bryce Young, it took a field goal with time expiring to beat Texas last year. So all we did was – Theoretically, Quinn Ewers is going to play this whole game. You know, um, they don't have Bryce Young. You know, they went toe-to-toe with Bama last year. So this is not one of those situations where it's like, can we match up with them? Oh, my goodness, it's big, mighty Alabama. Like, they know that they can play with Alabama. I don't think it's a a psychological can we match up with them. Because some people are different. Some people are the same. And and I think that's half the battle with with a team like Alabama. But if we look, if we looked at all things as equal, you know, if we if we if we canceled out some things, all right. If you say, all right, you've got Texas defense is a little better, Alabama offensive line is better, the Alabama defensive secondary is a little better, Texas has the quarterback. You balance it out, like, all right, who has the better coach? What coach is going to have the better game plan? Alabama, probably Alabama. I- Hence, why they won last year. No, they, they won last in. year because they had the magician. That's why they won last they, year. They 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 had it had nothing to do with game play. They had Bryce the Young better coach that played. recruited that recruited Bryce Young. <laughs> I just feel like that's that's more likely. I, I think that especially it being in Alabama, we know that college players tend to play better at home. The home Definitely. field advantage in college football is probably. I but I think, but I think that's we, the other we, part we, of it. We've heard about these stats, like some of these I, teams going like I, sixty and twelve at home in the last seventy-two games. Is like, but I think that's the other part of it. Is that like Texas isn't coming in there with pressure? You know, like uh, nobody. The majority of people are still picking Bama, expecting Bama to win. So it's not as if, like, if this was LSU, and people are picking LSU to beat Bama. You're like, oh, man, like Bama's going to come out with their hair on fire or like whatever. They're being disrespected, X, Y, Z, whatever, blah, blah, you, blah, You don't blah, think blah. Bama feels disrespected about not getting to the college playoff last year by losing two games? No, they the lost two second? games. You shut up and get over it. You you were winning all – you were in the lead in those games the last couple of seconds. got to finish the think, job. Oh, so you don't think that – Now you bring in feelings. Up. Now you bring in feelings. Okay, but I'm saying – So hypothetically, if you think about that, because Nick Saban mentioned it on one of the, the – one. It was some show. I think it was. A but SEC this is college football. Game. A lot of those players are was, gone. A lot of those players are gone. Will Anderson's gone. Bryce Young. A lot is of gone. the Texas. A lot of the Texas players aren't you know aren't there either. A lot, hey, a lot of those guys moved on. Yeah, B. John's gone. You know, said and they replaced him with C.J. Baxter. So you know, and the, like and it happens. Like once again, they did. Texas did not look good against Rice offensively until so it was a hundred. 
It was a hundred degrees. Team, you've never seen a college team look bad against an opponent and then come no, back the next. I'm week not saying game. that. I'm just saying that the following the reason it was a hundred and ten degrees on the right sideline in the second half. It was eighty on the Texas sideline. So they were chilling. They were getting dehydrated. They had the fans and everything they needed. And then in the second half, JT Daniels had no chance at all. Right. But in the first half, when the sun was like chilling on top of the stadium and everybody was hot and no one can avoid the sun it was an even <laughs> game but then when the sun started to pass over and texas was chilling they got in their groove and rice is still over there just literally just baking in the sun it was like okay now they started to to, to take over they started better play but they weren't they weren't highly effective in the red zone they had penalties they weren't running the ball well so you could say maybe it was like oh they were thinking about alabama but those throws that he was missing yeah, it was also he, the first game of the season it's a yeah, first and second game happens for a lot of players. You know I just think that and, one, and this I game is a night. Coaching, this game is a night game, so we don't have I to worry about the coaching, sun. I think one coaching staff is better at preparing his team for these moments. Well, yeah, and, you don't think you don't think Alabama's uh, coaching staff was better than Tennessee's last year? But t- Tennessee had him at home, and Tennessee had NFL talent. You don't on think Alabama's with. coaching staff was better than LSU's last year? You don't think LSU, you don't think Alabama's coaching staff better than Georgia's? Like mm. outside of Kirby Smart, like you don't think that they're better than Georgia? I don't think, I don't, I don't think the, but the players on the field for Georgia are defi- would definitively better than when, almost when every Saban, other team. When Nick Saban, the, Tex, when Nick, the Texas team isn't like. When Nick Saban lost back to back games to Ole Miss, you don't think he was, his staff was better than theirs? I get that it happens. I'm not saying that, like, because I just think that in this moment, game two, big game, pressure situation, college football playoff implications on the line, I trust Nick Saban more than Sarkeesian. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I'm just saying. And that's what I mean by the staff. That's, That's the part, because I think Nick Saban has coached in so many of these pressure cooker type games. Texas, after this, who do they have that's even in the same trajectory as an Alabama as far as like that matchup being pressure? The the rivalry game with Oklahoma? Yeah. That's it. Nick Saban's gonna have multiple games like this every single year. And I think that's why, yeah, every once in a while the sun's gonna shine on the dog's ass and Jalen right. is gonna have 300 yards receiving. <laughs> it happens. What from what I saw from Texas, it did not look like they are going to repeat what Tennessee did against Alabama. No, and you also got to remember the game, even with Bryce Young, the final score of that game was 20 to 19. So, you know, like Texas can I'm not get, saying Texas can't get up for Alabama. No, 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 no. I'm just no, no, yeah. I'm, I'm just making the point that Texas can get just as physical as Bama, you know, Sark. You know, the, the strength that Sark does bring is that he's a matchup hunter. He will find the matchup that Bama gives him that they can exploit. You know, like I said, Quinn Ewers, we saw him play well against Bama last year before he got hurt, you know, and that was with Will Anderson lurking. So, you know, so like I just feel that everything is evening out to Texas's advantage. The only advantage, disadvantage the two disadvantages that Texas has, obviously, is the home field and Nick Saban. 
You know, everything else, I think, is just about a push. You know, so we'll just have to see how important Bryant Denny Stadium is. I think it's going to be very important. All right. So then they went eight and five last year. Who was that? Texas? Yeah. Yeah, I think he missed a couple of games. Like he he got hurt in the Bama game, and I think he missed like a game or two after that as well. So this team um, that went eight and five last year, you think is going to just because they had a good 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 loss against Alabama? <laughs> yeah, I got Alabama by a couple. No, got a, by no, a couple like, of tutties. No, I got Alabama how, no, 37, 37, 20. No, this is how college football works. Like you know, teams go nine teams. teams go nine and four, Alabama and then they come fit. back and go thirteen and one. It happens. Alabama's not that kind of team, yes. though. That Alabama doesn't. I didn't say Bama was going to go ten and, and then three. eight and four. I didn't say that. I'm talking games, about though. no. I'm talking about ten. Yeah, they lost two games last year. Like you, you had like the two games at home, though. You had like two games at home. You acting like we never seen it happen. No, I changed that. Remember, I changed. Oh, okay, it. yeah, because yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I changed yeah. that. You know, I, I had LSU beating them, and then. You know, I took Bama. To go give me a roll tie, baby. I got, I got Bama. Overalls. I got Bama. No, I got. I still got. I was Bama. born in Texas, and I'm still. I still, like, ah. <laughs> I still got Bama losing two games. The second one is just to Georgia in the SEC title game. But, um, but yeah. So then we go early into the daytime. You know, we just can't avoid Colorado. You know, so Nebraska going up in there for the rivalry game. Nebraska is only a three and a half point dog for some reason. All the power ratings, like I've been listening to all these Vegas people talk, and they only have Nebraska, or they have Nebraska coming into last week. They had Nebraska six power rated six spaces higher than Colorado. Obviously, that changed after the performances last week. So, you know, I'm going to just ask the question. Okay. Can Nebraska keep this within three and a half? <laughs> I mean... The Dion says something about Jackson State last year when they were asking him if he would take like eight million dollars or three million dollars to play a team like Alabama. What he said, he was like, "Listen, we don't have we don't have the guys in the middle, right? Offensive, defensively to match up." Last week, Shadua Sanders said the same thing about you know what was different between HBCU and you know now it's FBS. He was like, "Well, pretty much." the defensive line gets through a little quicker here at this level than an HBCU. They didn't have any like sacks of TCU quarterback. He was running free. If they can't get pressure up front, this being Colorado, I think it could be one of those trap games. Dion is a master motivator. I'm pretty sure he can definitely keep them focused. But if he gets some focus and understand if they're watching film of how they gave up the 42 points or how they got out of position on the kickoff, they got TCU back down to the five after, you know, they took the took the lead. And then so if 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 they work on that stuff, because I think Sanders, the having four wide receivers get over 100 yards, that's a level of chemistry that you I think you guys are locked in because you get one guy over 100, maybe another guy, but you get four guys over 100. I think your offense is is pretty well locked in. TCU is not really known for defense, and we talked about their last three or four games to include the Colorado games, like nearly 200 points that they've given up. But 
they played in big games, big time games, college football playoff games. You're playing the best two teams last year right. in the country, and then you know now you're coming out playing the surprise team. So like it happens. Sometimes you get punching them up, and it goes that way. Um, I think Matt Rule kind of you know sneak this in Dion throughout the off season, and then Dion coming in one and zero, and Nebraska coming in zero and one and only scoring oh, ten Dion points. Dion scorched earth with the curse. So yeah, he, he 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 he's. I think he might be amping up his team to get to two and zero, just so he can say whatever he has prepared in his head at the post game press conference. Right, but not like overlooking Nebraska. Like, listen, we're gonna beat the brakes off these dudes. Now play my damn theme music, and then they walk out. Do the you believe? And he's gonna I, have I saw name. that bull junk you wrote. People talking about, I read some articles, like, the, of course, the, the Cliff Notes is like, Dion Ruley, a cost reporter. Nah, that's just how well, Dion talked like that at the pre-draft meeting before he got drafted. He said, well, I, I told reading, the Giants, they going to have to pay, put me on, pay me so much money, I have to put me on layaway. From, from what Ooh, I was I reading, from what I was reading, uh, <laughs> the person uh, that he was talking to was Ed Werner from ESPN, who he goes back with that was covering the Cowboys when he played for the Cowboys. So it was more of a tongue-in-cheek thing than it was yeah. like, like if you him attacking somebody. And I became a reporter. Right. Like, like yeah. oh, how about that night you talk about Texas going to beat Alabama? Yeah. Do you believe? Do you believe you know now? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And, so, like, and, and that's what I'm going to do. If Texas, if Texas win that game, I'm just going to bull oh, junk. He didn't say I'm, bullshit. He said bull junk. Well, bull don't junk. But, but, you know, said, like at the end of that, uh, what you call it, though? You know, but I'm a, uh, if Texas win that game, I'm gonna call you up, and that's gonna be the, all you hear. It's just gonna be um, me hitting the button. Do you believe? Be like you have reached the phone number. <laughs> but no, I think I think Colorado is gonna smack Nebraska around. I think it's gonna be a close game. You know, uh, first quarter there's gonna be some doubt. I think Nebraska will get a couple of stops. There's gonna be some. Oh, is Colorado met their match? And then by what's the, top, the elevation in Nebraska. No, they're playing in Colorado. That's what I'm saying. So what's they're the playing in Boulder? Oh, we'll uh, I'm not I'll, sure. I'll work it up. Keep going. But, but, but yeah, but yeah, like, I, but I think that Colorado is just going to have too many horses, uh, if you will. Um, Jeff Sims looked absolutely awful against Minnesota last week. His debut for Nebraska, first game, new system, new coach. You got to chalk that up. So he might look a little bit better just because Colorado's defense has the issues that you brought up. You know, but at the end of the day, like, I just don't think Nebraska has enough. Like, they could give a valiant effort to make their state proud. But at the end of the day, I think they're walking out of there 38 to 17 or something along those lines. Um, like, they don't – like, it's one of those things. Like, uh, I hear Penn State fans, for example, talk about how they hate Ohio State and how uh, they despise Michigan. Oh, right, I got, I got, yeah. I got, I got some. Passing interference. Yeah, I'm you know, but, ahead of you now. Hold, hold on, let me, let me, let me get this real quick. So, so, okay. so, so, like, so, like, you know, like, like Penn State has to stay. Like, we hate Ohio State, or like, we we despise Michigan, and it's like, yo, Michigan and Ohio State hate each other. Like, you're just there. So, so outside the party, you can't. Yeah, get in. that's how that's how Nebraska is with Colorado. Like, whereas Nebraska like grew up hating Oklahoma, you know, hating Missouri. And then Colorado, this thing is fairly recent, like as far as like the late 80s going into the 90s is when this started. But to Nebraska, they still look at Colorado like 
Why are you talking to us? I think Colorado has a bigger rivalry with Utah than they do with Nebraska. Well, yeah, that's now play that game at the end of the year. Well, 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 well that's just because of conference affiliation now. Like Colorado and Utah didn't play that much before. Like they played back in like the 30s. But, yeah, like, but then when they both went re- to the Pac-12, yeah, they it just playing that up. November rivalry week slot. But yeah. even then, like Utah's just been kicking their ass. So, you know, like, and, and, and when it boils down to it, and when it boils down to it, when they when they get back into the Big 12 next year, BYU is going to be there. So, like, you know, it's not as if Colorado is going to be, like, on Utah's mind outside of if Prom beats them the first time, you know. But, but yeah, so, so so like, I think I think I think Colorado is going to put it on Nebraska. I think he's going to rub – like, he's going to treat Matt Rule like the dog that peed on your floor and you put his face in it. He's going to treat him like that. Yeah, so, I mean, if we – like I said, me and me and Mike met in Utah. Elevations like forty nine hundred feet. We went to uh, non commissioned officer academy in Colorado, and Peterson's like six thousand feet. Boulder is fifty four hundred feet. Yeah, so five thousand four hundred thirty feet is the elevation. So it's what a stadium is. Lincoln, Nebraska, twelve hundred. There you go. So twelve hundred five thousand. That's that. It doesn't seem like much, but it's like if you went hiking and you started the ground level, as you got to the top, it's not because your body's exhausted. It's just less oxygen in the air as you go higher. So you have a team that's going to obviously offensively Colorado has shown what they're capable of doing. Like we talked about the come on, Tony. Sorry. (laughs) Yes, he did. Uh, So, you know, Fred loving that. You know, but uh, yeah. So like, you know, I get it. Like, they're going to be winded. They're going to be, you know, because I know when I first got stationed at Peterson, um, our commander had us run five Ks twice a week for PT. So the first five K, I made it about halfway, and then I walked about halfway back the other way. You know, the second time I finished it. I went TDY for a week to Virginia, to Fort Belvoir. I came back sea level. I came back that next week zero feet level. It was that it was it was like I had never been to Colorado in my life all over again. You Yo, know, that five like, k we ran at the end of uh yeah it's COA. I felt like my nose was bleeding. It wasn't, I was but like, I felt like my nose was bleeding for three days straight. I I was amazed that I was making it like as far as I, I was like I'm really doing this, but it hurt. And it you know hurt crazy? a lot. And you know what's crazier than that? At War Memorial Stadium up in Laramie, Wyoming, home of the Cowboys, the elevation sixty two hundred up there. It's ridiculous. So yeah, and like but, I thought, I thought Hill because at Hill is like forty nine hundred, forty eight, yeah. forty seven, forty eight hundred. Yeah, so we went from forty seven to forty eight hundred to six thousand when we got to Peterson, and I was like, this is substantially different. Yes. So going from twelve hundred. <laughs> up to in, in a week and then like, like i said you're chasing around so you're chasing around athletes from florida and california he's like you know my colorado team is a bunch of like you know normal bit your normal big 10 athletes Dion brought in talent from texas he brought florida, in louis down south like he, he really literally brought in louis so it's like just getting to those open spaces just being able to get guys who run four fours in the open spaces versus guys who run four or six. I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but when you have a quarterback, there's big dude. I know he 
Tom Brady, him and Tom Brady, I saw a video of them standing side by side. Uh, Tom Brady's still like a couple inches taller, so yesterday maybe 6'2 and some change. Big body, smart kid, doesn't yeah. panic, level-headed, been in the system with his pops, um, just the trust factor. Like just all of the things that certain teams don't have, I think Colorado has outside of the paint, and then you put it onto the field. It's like it could be tough, and especially with Matt Rule being just pretty much unsuccessful ever since he left Temple. To just come in here, and act hey, that's like, not fair. Like he won eleven games at Baylor. Oh my bad, Baylor. Since he left college, <laughs> went to the NFL, got fired, now he's in Nebraska, which is amazing. Well, you, well, usually Sorry. that's the thing. Usually his year ones don't go so well. You know, uh, it's year two that usually his teams come around. But but yeah, like uh, but also shout out to Clemson. You know, coming off the loss to Duke, and they go to follow it up with Charleston Southern so they can get back in rhythm, I guess. Shout out to Ohio State. Work you on know. that RPO where the quarterback keeps it because that dude yeah. can move. He can shout move. Out, shout out to Ohio State looking like trash against Indiana. Now you got the Youngstown State Penguins coming into the horseshoe. But while we're at it, we got a game down in Raleigh. The Fighting Irish are coming down to see nc state now this is one of those things right this is one of those uh those two five moments those stat moments right okay let's so see so sam hartman came from wick force so he knows nc state very well which just means that nc state knows him very well because he went zero and two against nc state and in those two games he threw a combined six interceptions against nc state so that just goes to say I'm putting Notre Dame on upset watch. I think Notre Dame's going to win, but I'm still putting them on upset watch. Um, he obviously upgraded the talent around him going from Wake Forest to Notre Dame. You know, uh, NC State didn't look good. Like your point about Texas and Rice, uh, NC State looked like that against UConn last week. And I don't know if NC State was holding back because they're playing Notre Dame this week, you know, but I also know that UConn has Jim Mora Jr. as their head coach. So maybe like that had something to do with why NC State didn't look that good, but they also have, he's not not good at his job. They have Brennan Armstrong. They have Brennan Armstrong, former quarterback of UVA, you know, so these ACC quarterbacks just moving around, you know, he was the leading rusher against UConn last week. So if he does that against Notre Dame, if he's the leading rusher against Notre Dame, Notre Dame is walking out of NC State with a twenty-point win. You know? Hartman was uh, he was on that documentary with Spencer Rattler, the quarterback uh-huh. documentary. Yeah, I liked him. I like I like the story. Um, I, I like him a lot. Attitude. He's got talent around him. So Notre Dame, I, we didn't talk about them as far as like the playoffs, but like like I mentioned last week when we were going through our uh, the weekly schedules and everything, like. Notre Dame is going to say who's in that playoff or not. You know, they got Ohio State, Clemson, and USC. You know, if they so, run the table, you can basically pencil them yeah, in. Even if they lose to one two. of them, even if they just lose to one of them, you know, saying they're probably number four. So, you know, like this is one of those games that Notre Dame cannot afford to lose because they got that waiting for them. And they got Ohio State in three weeks, by the way. But you think so, NC State really has a talent? Like, I know, like, any, any given Sunday and beginning Saturday, you really think they have the talent to just on defense? Yes, to beat to beat Notre Dame, or, or defense, does Notre yes. Dame have to just fumble the ball inside the ten yard line I, two I, three so, times? So, 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 pick State, six. 
NC State has the defensive line to cause Notre Dame problems because Notre Dame, one of Notre Dame's biggest strength strengths is their offensive line. You know, but NC State is one of the few teams that has a defensive line that could potentially give Notre Dame issues. And they have a decent, I'll say decent, secondary. The problem for NC State is, are they going to be able to score on Notre Dame? You know, because like I mentioned, Brendan Armstrong, he hasn't looked right. He had one good season two years ago at Virginia. Last year, it went awful under a new head coach. And now he's under a new head coach. You know the good news the, is the, the trans the transfer court the transferring quarterback. Aside from well, off the top of my head, I got Baker Mayfield, but he was kind of like a cast off walk on, and you know he had to make a make a move to get to Oklahoma. Kyler Murray, he went from Texas A and M to Oklahoma as success. Jalen went from Alabama to Oklahoma as success. Go back to Russell Wilson from NC State to Wisconsin. Uh, Cam obviously had the trouble, had to go to JUCO and then come back. Is is there enough evidence? Because like you, you're more of a, a college football guy than me. Is there enough evidence to show guys really making like an astronomical leap? I mean, you got Joe Burrow, but he what he didn't get on the field at Ohio State. Yeah, but his but it was also his second year. Oh, we got a fumble. Oh, Kansas City, y'all messing around. Uh, no, you're no, good. he was down. He was down. He's down. Yeah, yeah, he you're was good. down. Uh, you know, not really. Uh, because like usually, like the guy who played out a whole season at another school, like Bo Nix going from Auburn to Oregon, like it's like Joe Burrow was on the bench. Quinn Muir was on. They were on the bench, right? Like, right. Like guys who like you saw everything they had. To they get. were just good. They were just already good. They just good. had somebody good in front of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like well, at Virginia, uh, with Brendan Armstrong, the problem was was that a uh, new coaching staff came in last year. Tony Elliott came in from Clemson. Uh, new system and everything. So he didn't have the same offensive coordinator. The good news, the reason why people think that NC State has potential is because NC State's new offensive coordinator is that offensive coordinator that he had two years ago when he had his good season. So, okay. so, but that's what, but all we have on the system, right? But all we have to go off of is the lackluster performance against UConn mm-hmm. last week. And we got to think that you played that way, like you said, like about Rice. Like you think we think that you got to play that way against UConn and then you're just going to turn it on for Notre Dame, you know? So that's the issue, you know? Um, but I got, I got Notre Dame winning. Um, I think NC State will give them an early fight, but same thing. I think Notre Dame pulls away late, probably wins by 10 or so, you know. Um, but if NC State pulls that win off, you know, uh-oh, hold on. We got a broken tackle here. Noah Gray down to the 34. I love Travis Kelsey. <laughs> you know, yeah, so so that's the NC State uh you know, and then, you know, I love Florida State, you know, like play LSU on Sunday night. How do you follow that up? With Southern Miss. <laughs> you got to get some Brett rest. Favre, Brett Favre gave him some of that $5 million. Yeah, you got to get some rest. Um, upset alert. Manhattan, Kansas. Kansas State. This isn't a big game that people are tracking nationally, but Troy is coming in there, you know, so beware of that. I think Kansas State wins, but beware of that. Uh, we're looking at – I'm going to go through the schedule here. Then we got the big one, 
down in Coral Gables, not to be confused with Miami. You know, but we got the Hurricanes bringing in the Aggies. So this is our chance to see Jimbo and Bobby Petrino. This is our first big game. That's a big game. That's a big game. I'm going to earmark that one. Yeah, this Miami, that... Texas A&M. So this is That's another huge. one of those. So so this is that, the... that would have been like a marquee matchup, you know, like 12, 12 years ago, something like yeah. that. Like those two, so, those two names that that should have been like ESPN Saturday night kind of. So game. so this one, yeah, it was ESPN. It was uh, ABC Saturday night last year, you know. But uh, but yeah. So this this is the game, you know. I was talking about the Chargers and the Dolphins and how it was just tough for me to pick a winner. I have no idea what to expect in this game. You know, Bobby Petrino should make AM's offense better. Last year was a defensive slugfest that AM pulled out. But the problem with Miami is you and I both know without even looking at a roster, without looking at anything else, we know Miami got talent and they got speed. You know, the problem is right outside the stadium. Just, yeah. Yeah. The problem is Mario Cristobal, and you know, Oregon fans will back me up on this. When you put Mario Cristobal in a big game, he just sits on his playbook. You like know, doesn't let loose. Doesn't yeah, he pull just, the fake putt. We gotta, we gotta establish the run, and if the run ain't working, we gotta keep yeah, running because running eventually it will work. Yeah, so they can't do that against Bobby Petrino. Oh no, the rookie's hurt. You know, Brian Branch, the rookie that ran back the pick. So we'll see what how that looks for Detroit. Well, whoever you know. just came in for him is probably about to get picked on. Oh, they, they let it run out. Well, he's a safety, so, you know. Uh, but, yeah, so into the third quarter, 17-14 to 14, Kansas City. So I'm going to go ahead and pick A&M with no confidence at all, you know. Um, but, but that's going to be a good game that I'm going to have my eye on, 3.30 Eastern. You know. Uh, I'm going to pick Stanford over USC is my – I have done zero. No, you're research. not. Just I'm a guess an upset has to happen. Something upset wise has to happen in college football. The Duke Clemson thing, it feels like an upset. Well, I'm glad you like, said that. I'm glad you said that. You know Clemson why? It didn't really feel like an upset to me. That game didn't, didn't feel like I'm, an upset. I'm glad that you said that. Because if you so at the same time that Miami and AM is going on, they're on ABC, by the way. If you turn the channel over to ESPN two. You will find Lane Kiffin going into Yeoman Stadium down in New Orleans, Louisiana to play against the Tulane Green Wave and Michael Pratt. Bricks off. I don't know. You know hey, well, all I got to say you're, is. You're my aficionado, so I'm going to roll well, with you. Well, no, I think Ole Miss is going to win. But but I'm just saying that's one of those games that could. You know, two, last time we saw Tulane, before they blew up my South Alabama pick last week, they did beat Caleb Williams, you know, in the bowl game. You know, Michael Pratt is going to be an NFL quarterback. You know, my question about Tulane is their starting running back from last year. Tajay Spears is now a Tennessee Titan. So that was why I was a little bit down on Tulane coming into last week. But the game is at home. They got Ole Miss coming in. You got Louisiana kids playing against Mississippi kids. You know what I mean? Like, this is ripe. This is ripe. You know, and Lane Kiffin, I'm not saying that Lane Kiffin is overrated. I'm just saying that I don't know what Lane Kiffin has done to get all these jobs that he's gotten over the years. I I think <clears throat> unlike uh like Jim Moore Jr., Bob Petrino, 
think Lane Kiffin just gives you a little pizzazz, a little, a little, a little healthy ego. Yeah. That and that charisma. Some people just have it. Some people just have that kind of, you know, that ability to just kind of, you know, just just be charming and effective with that charm, which then in turn makes some good recruiters. And then the Ole Miss, you know, they get good money. You know, if you if you look at the Battle of Mississippi, they're probably a better candidate than Mississippi State. Right, right, um, right, right, right. They're in a region where you can get you can still get good talent because that's the thing. I don't know if Lane Kiffin's a good coach if he's in Illinois, but I can see him as a good coach. Like I can see him continue to be a good coach down south because. If there's a hundred players available to all SEC schools and you only get eight of them, you know, that's still a right. pretty substantial number. You're right. not getting any of those kids if you're coaching at Illinois. Yeah. Know? So I think that that in and of itself is is an opportunity that he has. So I think that's that keeps him he has like that that charisma, that southern right. kind of charm. I don't know really exactly where he's from, but that kind of charm that just works. The ego, the bravado, and then you know, you're relevant. You you go. Eight and four, nine and three, you get nine wins, you get a couple of big wins every once in a while. Again, you land a couple of big recruits. It just keeps giving the fan base a little bit of hope. Start the year three, four, five, and oh every once in a while. So like just that kind of that kind of just that that hope that he gives. Uh-huh. I mean, like I say, he just looks he just looks the part. So I think that's why he continues to get jobs. Like Petrino just looks like like a weasel. That's why he's always like he a is coordinator. A weasel. You know, just like he just doesn't doesn't have that kind of like Nick Saban just has that that grandpa swag. So it's like you just kind of just walk in your house and say, listen, I know I got five five star left tackles on the roster right now, but right. I think you'd be great at six. He's like, you know what, coach, I believe so too. I'd be great six string offensive tackle. And they come to the they come to the school. Yeah. So so the question in that game is gonna be can Tulane stop the run? You know, because it's going to be a long day if they can't. But Mr. Rutley, if you uh, so while that game is going on and the Miami game going on, if you want to feel a little, you know, you want to throw up a little bit, you could turn it over to Fox. And I don't even know why my TV is like frozen now. But uh, you know, yeah, like if you want to, if you feel one Kansas City, if you feel like throwing up a little bit, you could turn it over to Fox. And then you got the battle of the Cyhawk, Iowa and Iowa State. And we get to see if, you know, Brian Ferentz's offense can put up 25 points and get him back on track, you know, for his uh for his uh contract here. But just for just for giggles, just for giggles, you know, last year the final score was 10 to 7. God, that's exciting. That's Iowa exciting State. football right there. Hey, I loved it. Iowa State won. That was Coach Rhodes' first win against Iowa in five tries. You know, uh, the year before that, 27-17, to Iowa. Year before that, 18-17, Iowa. Year before that, 13-3, Iowa. And then, I don't know what happened in 2017. 44-41. You know, and then Yo. the year before, you know, so, so like, yeah, so they can score, I guess. Um Iowa's going to win that game. You know, I think that's, you know, we still got all the fallout from the gambling and all that going on as well. So, you know, uh, you know, Iowa State's a little yeah, depleted. Yeah, that stuff outside the painted area can really impact your team. Uh, yeah. But Chiefs, to, 
really need to work on catching drills at the next practice. Mahomes can't be happy with this. I want to give a shout out to tomorrow night. Kansas and Illinois, you know, Jalen Daniels coming back from injury from last year. I had to go grab my remote so I could put the game back on, you know, but uh, that's going to be a good game live from Lawrence. Um, I'm going to go with Kansas in that one, but, you know, it wouldn't shock me either way. So I'm going down the schedule here. Don't forget, you know, I can't get out of here without talking about this one. I can't get out of here without talking about um, Baylor. No, not yet. We getting there. We getting there. I, I got to go back to last season for a second. I got to go back to last season for a second because we saw a game that Drake Bay announced himself to the world. And this year is the rematch. What game is that, you ask? North Carolina and Appalachian State. 63-61 to 61 last year. 63-61. to 61. You know, so this is the rematch. So I just wanted to throw that out there. You know, uh, Carolina probably will win that game. They're favored by 19, you know, but I just wanted to throw that out there because, you know, that was a game that I remember from last year being very good. You know, uh, another upset alert for you folks out there. We got new ACC member SMU going out to Norman. And let's see Kansas City for the field goal. It's good. So 20 to 14, 12 11 left in the game. So you got SMU going to Norman to play Oklahoma. You know, people are already. So Oklahoma is the only team I've ever seen win a game 73 to nothing. And everybody said, So how long until we get the backup in? Like they're already talking about Jackson Arnold is going to replace Dylan Gabriel. Like it was seventy three to nothing. He could keep his job for people a few people. Don't more like left handed quarterbacks, man. <laughs> you know, but uh, people just simply don't like left handed quarterbacks. It just doesn't look the part. So people just it happens a lot. Like it was like a big deal. I think two was the only starting left handed quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, right I'm I'm, ver- I'm very interested in this game. Uh, but I think I think the public did SMU a disservice. Because I think this was one of those games that had the high chance for the upset, but now it's the trendy pick, you know. So, uh, so we'll see what Oklahoma does. We'll see if Brent Venables is that pregame speech, like you know, ESPN. These guys, everyone's saying you guys are going to lose to this team, and they're yeah. upcoming team, and you guys yeah. can't beat any team from Texas. Like all he has to say, like, listen, hey, from what we hear is like you guys can't beat any team from Texas. You know, hey, what a way to and make that, a be it. what a way to make a first impression on your new conference about getting that win. You know, yeah, we're here. And here's one for you. Nobody cares about this game. This is just relevant because sports reports is ordered. So you remember back when the Pac-12 was looking at their TV deals? One of my get it off my chest was I know they ain't about to sign a deal with the CW. They signed it still with CW. No, so we got Pitt and Cincinnati in the first ACC game on the CW tomorrow or uh, Saturday. The first eight because the ACC has signed a deal. You know, they used to have the you remember you grew up in Virginia, they had uh Raycom Sports and Jefferson Pilot, you know, all that stuff. They uh, I remember we had WGN feeds from Chicago. I remember that was yeah. something. I was like, why am I getting all these Cubs games? Yeah, so they're so so the ACC has signed the contract for X amount of football and basketball games to appear on the CW. 
you know, uh, but then uh, just as a side note, before we get to Utah and Baylor, because I know you want to get there, you brought up Chicago. So I got to say this. This is the wildest shit ever. Northwestern playing UTEP at Soldier Field. UTEP is favored by a point and a half. That's because Northwestern came to New Brunswick <laughs> and was shut out until seven seconds left in the game, and they scored essentially, for lack of a better, a meaningless touchdown. I know, but they're and then a Big like Ten kicked team. an extra point. It's like, but but listen to me though, they're a Big Ten team playing in their city against the Conference USA team that lost their opening game 17 to 14 to Jacksonville state Jacksonville state's first FBS game, by the way, you know what I that mean? Is, that is, it's Vegas, but, but you I know, mean, the, that's, that's, I'm taking, I gotta take it. And Oh, by the way, right? if, in, if, in you're, case, if you're betting that game, you gotta take Northwestern. You got to, right. But in case some of y'all are confused out there, I just got to clear this up. You might know this, so I don't want to make nobody feel stupid, but I got to clear this up. Jacksonville State is actually in Jacksonville, Alabama. I just want to make I sure. I thought it was in Florida this whole time. I know. I just want to make sure everybody knows that. For and, years, I thought it was in Florida. And unfortunately, Jacksonville State brought me some pain because if you all remember, that was the team that caught the late touchdown against Florida State a couple of years ago and, you know, knocked us off, you know, uh, when they were still FCS. You know, I remember, seeing, I remember seeing a bunch of those fake reaction videos, like people watching the game and at the, and then they recording, they're all cheering. I'm like, listen, they watched the play happen, rewind it, all pulled their phones out, recorded yeah. it, played it again, and like nothing, nothing on social media is real except the show. But then, but then, but then, one last nugget: Jacksonville State's head coach, Rich Rodriguez. You know, saying like. That's the division one coach. Sometimes coaching matters. Like if you, if you don't, if you have enough talent and you get a good coach, it could go over the top Colorado. You have a bunch of talent, not a good coach. It can look poor Florida with a Napier. Yeah. You get the high level coach. With the top talent, you get Kirby Smart, you get Alabama, you get Pete Carroll's USC, you get Mac Brown, Texas, you get, you know, the goal of game. Yeah. Bear Bryant. You you when you when you when you marry the, the top coaching talent with top players, that's the kind of stuff you get. So when you get these division one coaches that go down, they could they could probably use it as a recruiting tool. Like, listen, I was a division one coach. I know I I've I've gotten guys drafted to NFL and your son fits the mold of those guys when I was recruiting them when I was at Michigan. I was recruiting them when I was right. at Arizona. Right. So like that, and I, I can get you on scholarship, whatever case may be. If you don't choose Alabama, come play here with me. You can start year one, yada, yada, yada. Third and 12 after the delay of game, and we got a first down for the Lions. You know, anyway, it yeah. It's so- a good game. Yeah, so Utah at Baylor down in Waco, you know, where wild things happen. You know, uh Addis said his quarterback. I don't know if they ruled him officially out yet, but we'll we'll check it out. For Utah? No, for uh Oh yeah, Baylor's quarterback's out two to three weeks. 
you know, so um, so any chance of an upset is probably gone now, you know, and uh, it doesn't look like Cam Rising is probably going to play either. It looks like he got cleared, but they're probably just going to sit him out another week. Yeah, I, I think the two quarterback system that they ran normally, like, I don't like that. But if you know, like, like if you know you have a like two quarterbacks are going to be your backups and you just want to utilize both of their skill sets. Then I say keep it going and let the you know the starter just continue to rest, especially off the torn ACL in January. Like it's it's September. Why, like, why Andy Reid's still out here looking like the Pringles guy, you know, and then uh with that mustache, and then you got uh so yeah, Utah big time, probably like I'll give Baylor a little respect, Dave Aranda and his defense, but uh so I'll give him a little respect, but so we'll they call scheduled it. this game eight years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the way they schedule these games in college football is, is like always baffles me. It's luck of the draw, you know, unless you schedule like Bama or Ohio State, you know, One like of these you just don't know what you're like if you Penn State, even Ole Miss, like something like, hey, yeah, you're gonna get a good game. Hey, Pretty much have... any top three bit Big Ten school will be like, hey, you know, in, in 2028, we're gonna play a home and home. With you guys, like, yeah, like Michigan UTEP scored that game with Northwestern. Years. UTEP scored scheduled that game with Northwestern and was like, guys, if we could just get out of there with a ten point loss, you know. <laughs> and now, now they might they walk around with another three point win, you know. And oh, shout out to Penn State, you know, giving the Delaware Blue Hens a shot. Yo, what are they getting? Four million dollars? I don't know what they getting, but. You know, but uh Dion broke that down and he was like, Listen, it sounds like a lot of money, but you still gotta get the players there, you gotta get them in hotels. He's like, That money you get to play that school, like you're paying. That's the money you're using to get them there and get back. Right. So it's not like, oh, all this other stuff's covered and we you know, the by the by the school, by Jackson State or whatever school, whatever small school you have, like Georgia Southern, whatever. All that's covered, and you're gonna go there and walk away with a three million dollar, four million dollar check. Is like all of that is factored into getting them from point A to point B. All right. So, so normally uh, we trust Vegas that uh, they know what they're doing, right? They they know how to keep Vegas knows how to get one game where they're just you're gonna dump a bunch of money into it, right? And they're gonna make up whatever losses they have, like on the. Northwestern being an underdog to UTEP. Bet that all day. You know. But like the 20-point underdog, like they lost a bunch of money on that 20-point underdog. So, so, so what do I do with this? Color. So what do I do with this? I'm listening. So out in War Memorial Stadium, out in Laramie, 6,200 feet last week, Texas Tech, who was the media sweetheart and sleeper picked to win the Big 12, went out there and lost that. in overtime. They played zero defense in Texas in Lubbock. Now they come home, and they got Bo Nix coming into Lubbock. I was supposed to be at that game. They got Bo Nix coming to, to Lubbock. Oregon's favorite by six and a half. Take yeah, you take that. You take that. Oregon's yeah, or, yeah. That's that's easy. Yeah, Oregon's Oregon, gonna beat them by a touchdown. Oregon's gonna cover. Yeah, you know, because I I will tell you, Lubbock is a tough place to play. You know. Uh, Oh, here we go. Touchdown, Lions. Oh, did he drop the ball too early? 
Nah, he's good. There's your guy, David Montgomery. Nine yards. To, nine, nine plays, 75 yards. Five minutes Can't and five seconds off, off the clock. Block the extra point and run it back. Be you up know. Two. So, yeah. So, like, uh, so, yeah, I got Oregon winning that game. But, you know, I'm a little nervous that they're playing a wounded animal. You know, um, then you got the Battle of Houston. Rice in Houston this week. No pick there. Again, Houston. Morning. Then we got a game that only 2-5 is interested in. You go out to the blue turf. And as you uh, get to know sports reports is ordered, you're probably going to hear me say things like hashtag UC facts because UCF is coming out the Boise. You know, the UC facts tour is coming out the Boise first year in the Big 12. Favorite by three and a half at Boise. Be careful, betters. You know, like Boise is not as bad as they looked against Washington. Washington's just that good. That I know UCF put it on Kent State. Their quarterback is a top five Heisman candidate. You know, UCF's yeah. UCF's quarterback is Blake Bell. That's a, that's basically what he is. He's Blake Bell. You know, he went. He started out at Ole Miss, and oh, you'll love this. You know who UCF's uh, coach is? Is it a Whittingham? No, no, it's not a Whittingham. <laughs> it is hashtag UC Facts. Gus Malzahn. Yeah, so this I like is, that. I like that. That's like that's a good hire. Yeah, so you know, so like that's going to be a good game out on the blue turf. You know, I'm a, I'm a lean Boise, but you know, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, LSU, shout out to LSU. How do you lick your wounds after you get blown I guess out? We, by thought we, State? Were, we thought we were George. I don't know. I don't know what he meant by that. Yeah, Sometimes I think these coaches. You know what he meant by that. He he, th- he thought he, we better than we were, or whatever. Like we believe in the hype. Yeah, you know what I mean. And uh, so, how do you fix it? How do you how do you come off a loss like that? How do you, you don't get go into post game press conference saying stuff like that? Because you, know you, you just know they can't fire you because you got a hundred million dollar contract. You can say asinine stuff like that. That's your job. Your job is to make sure the team doesn't <laughs> think they're better than they are. I hate when coaches do that. Like this is not to get off my chest. Like yo, who are you? Who is this? We you. You're supposed to make sure people are ready to play and not thinking right. there's some other team because right. they think you were Georgia in the first half when the game was close. Right. It's just a, Florida State had big plays in the second half and LSU didn't. It is what it is. Just say, hey, they made bigger plays when they were available to them and not, oh, my team thought we were something else. Damn it, that's your job to make sure they know they are the LSU Tigers and not Georgia Bulldogs. One's a dog, <laughs> one's a cat. One's in Georgia, one's in Louisiana. I mean, like, all this is different. Like, you should have been, you should have had, your name's not Kirby Smart. Yeah, You're Brian Kelly, like, like, cut it out. Stop with the. I want sympathy for my loss. I suck at this job <laughs> in big moment, and I proved it again tonight in prime time that I am not. I am not your prime time big game winner. Well, I'm a good coach. I'm a good recruiter. I have a fake Louisiana accent to try to appease the people down south. Well, but how do you? Crazy. Well, how do you lick your wounds after that? You play Grambling. You play a layup, yeah. You know, TCU, how do you get over your loss to Colorado? You play Nickel State. I don't know why teams just don't stop fronting and just play these games week one. Exactly. Just Uh, stop. Just stop with the – because if you're going to play in weeks two and three, if you're scheduling Mercer and Middle Tennessee State weeks two and three, 
and you play Alabama week one, you play Georgia week one, you play Penn State week one, and you play USC week one. Why? Just why? Just go ahead and play this other team. Get your tune up. Let somebody else match up with right. a conference game. Let Clemson play Duke. Let, you know, USC play Cal or something. Let, you know, and now before they're back then or whatever. If yeah. your team is not one of these perennial teams that continually every single year, you're a 10-11 win competing for college football immortality, then stop fronting. Stop putting yourself in these <laughs> positions where you're playing these neutral sites against these top teams. Because if you lose, no one's going to give you credit. People aren't going right. to give you credit because you, you're inevitably going to potentially slip up or not look good against a, a conference opponent. Like LSU probably won't look good if they play Mississippi State or something like that. And, yeah, they, they'll win it 23-14, but it'll be a late field goal when they're up 20-14 to 14, that puts them up nine and pretty much the game is out of reach four or five minutes left. You know, it's actually funny because uh, for those of you at home next week, LSU at Mississippi State. <laughs> so in that, come on now. And uh, how does Florida lick their wound against Utah? I guess McNeese State. Oh, right. Lions with the third down stop. That's so stupid. Why don't you just quarterback sneak it with the tight end? Five but... minutes and forty seconds left. Mahomes looking at the sideline like the enemy wouldn't have called that. You know, but uh. That is yeah. that was a that was a terrible call. Look at this. It is a terrible call. That's a terrible play call. Mahomes also didn't necessarily sell it well either. But that's the thing. I mean, I don't even know how you sell that well. The the the, the there was no blocking up front. Like you can't get beat inside on a play like that. All right, here you go. Detroit 21 this, to 20 with 511 left, getting the ball back at about oh, about the 34. You know, so here we go. Kansas City's defense. Can you get one more stop? You know, then allow me to take you out to the Palouse. Do you let them score a touchdown and be down eight, and that way you get the ball back? Only if you have to. I think they've been stopping Detroit relatively well enough. I mean, their touchdown drives are 75 and 91. Like, you know what I mean? They've been stopping them well enough to let it get down to about three minutes before you go that far. You know, uh, but yeah, you go out to the Palouse, Palouse, I said, and you got Wisconsin taking a trip out to Wazoo against Washington State, out to Pullman. The reason this game is significant because Washington State went into Camp Randall last year, pulled the upset with Cam Ward at quarterback from the University of the Incarnate Word, San Antonio <laughs> transfer. You know, but yeah, so the rematch, you know, so Luke Fickle going up there. I got Wisconsin, but we'll see what happens. You know, Auburn and Cal. Cal put up 58 last week against North Texas. And uh, me, and, me and Mr. Logical was looking at the stat earlier. You know, let me go through real quick so I can get so I can quote this right. You know, about these, uh, what was it? Uh, here we go. These uh, SEC teams, 1 in 10 record on the West Coast since 2000 so i don't know what's more alarming they only played 11 games in the west yeah. Coast, they lost or that they're one and ten yeah you know uh so yeah how do you, you know. not play, like those that's some of the but see but this west is what, Coast? yeah that's weird that's weird that but, they have but this is what i always Coast. talk about we know you know here comes the little side rant that we yeah. know that, that, that the sec is the best conference in football and and college football we know that there's no debate about it nobody should tell you any different if they do they're a hater Got it. 
They should be more like Genghis Khan with their their infinity to spread their dominance. Yes, like, and we that's my go point. Everywhere we're gonna beat you wherever you are. We're gonna, yeah, we'll go to Syracuse and beat you. We'll go to Wisconsin to beat you. Right. We'll go to Arizona and beat you. We'll come out to Colorado got, and beat you. You already got all the bowl games in Florida or somewhere in the SEC. The Sugar Bowls in Louisiana, Chick-fil-A Bowls in Georgia. SEC championship you know, games at, at the Cap- Maybach Dome. Yeah, Capital, Maybach Capital Arena. One. Capital One Bowl is in Tampa. You know, like so on and so forth. You know, like so I remember a few years and ago. And the National Championship game normally gets – Voted on, and it's one of those stadiums: Tampa, New Orleans, Miami. Atlanta, Miami, yeah, somewhere was... down south. So you plan all your all your big prime time games of your SEC school are between Texas. Well, there was Florida. a year where Florida beat Iowa in a bowl game, and you know everybody was giving it to me. You know, your SEC hater number one. Look at what Florida did to your precious Hawkeyes, and I'm like, yo, they played in Tampa, and that shit was a home game, like. You know what I'm saying? Go play Iowa in Denver. You know what I mean? Go play Iowa in Phoenix. It's still warm. And down south, there's still like 50-something degrees in yeah. January, some of these games. So it's not like you play that game in Colorado. It could be 12. Yeah. It could be 22 degrees. And that's what I'm windy, saying. Like, they got snow. all the advantages. So you're, so you're the best conference, and you got all the advantages. You know what I mean? Like. The bowl games you, and everything. You, you have the mark. You have the marketing leverage because outside of the SEC, you have teams like. Uh, oh, here comes Reggie Bush with the thirteen-yard gain. Kansas City is going. You know, and lose this game. But but you know, but but that's the thing. Like you know what I mean. Like you already got all the advantages. You're already the best, and it's like it's like back in the day when you know people used to play against like Jordan or LeBron or Kobe or whoever, whatever superstar there was. It was like, yo, this dude is the best player in the league. And you call and all the on me. You gonna give him free throws if I cough? Like you know what I mean? Like he's grabbing my jersey. You call nothing. If I even get near him and slide my feet, you call a foul. And that's how it is with the SEC. Like, not only are they the best, but I got to go play LSU in New Orleans. I got to go play Alabama and Miami. You know, and because I'm trying to think. Like, I know that Bama had a series with Penn State, like, back in, like, 2011-ish, 12-ish or whatever, where they did home and home. But I'm trying to really remember the last time. The money, The money jumped. About 10 years ago, like if I can recall, like that's when I started like Googling how much money each team got for the BCS championship. Right, it right. was like 15, 16 million dollars, stuff like that. Of course, so, he's gonna run out of bounds. Well, I guess the clock is still run anyway, but right now, since we're above two minutes, slide but, down you know, third down coming up for Detroit. Five minutes to stop in the fourth quarter. I thought it was two minutes, but but anyway, yeah. So 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 like uh so so you know like there was a game I can, I'm trying to remember the year Georgia played Arizona State. They went out to Tempe, and at the time that they played that game, it was the first time Georgia had played a game west of the Mississippi since like 1972 or something like that. You know what I mean? It's just like how. How? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, the NCAA. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Does he go for it? He got to. He got to. You got to. 
So it was 2008. It was 2008. That was the first time they had played West of the Mississippi in a non-conference game since like 1972. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, offensive defense. <clears throat> and of course, <laughs> and of course, we had the Florida stat, you know, from last week when they played Utah. So here we go. Fourth and two. Jared Goff in the shotgun, the snap. He steps up, bat it down. Oh, bat, bat it down. down. Oh, somebody just you went run Staley. That ball. You run somebody, that ball. Somebody just went Staley on us. I told you to fake the punt. <laughs> if fourth and two, I'm going, I'm getting, look, that's Panay Sewell, 330 or 350, 350, 350, 350 times five and a tight end at 260. I'm taking that. I'm taking 1,800 pounds and my 200 pound running back. You know what I'm saying? Slapping me. Or my six foot four quarterback for my two yards, like push it forward. You know what I'm saying? So you know what you know what Andy Reid just uh, told Patrick Mahomes, right? What will the enemy do? Nah, he said we gotta do it to these meatballs. Here's Mahomes. He's taking the shot. Oh, oh, oh another one! Another <laughs> one! Kadarius Tony <laughs> with the dish soap on his hands. Yo, take the gloves off. Oh, you got to play in red gloves from now on. Wide open. Wide open. Uh, I was a little behind him, but it's like oh, Fred, the, Fred to pop the bottle now. I know Fred to pop the bottle now. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have thrown him another pass from the first quarter. I know. All right, Mahomes back again. Another pass. Okay, there we go, Skymore. There's a flag down. Well, we got a hold on offense, I bet. I haven't I haven't seen I'm just. I'm just guessing. You know, so seems like it's here spot. we go. Ref coming up quick, so they, they know what the call is. Here we go. Holding oh, offense. Oh. There you go. Number 79. Mahomes with the smile. But you know, we're coming up on the two-minute warning. 219 left, folks. Can Detroit do it? But uh, but yeah, like we, we talked about the Florida thing where like since when they went out to Utah, oh yeah, that was a hell of a hold. That was the that was their first non-conference game outside of the state of Florida on the road since 1991. Yeah, 91. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, like, you know, there's nobody to govern. 10 years old. Like, you know, to put them and say, you got to, you can't do this. Like, you know. All right, here we go. Patrick Mahomes, back to pass, second and 20. Across the middle in a drop. Sky Moore had the ball, let it go, third and 20. 214 left in the game. Detroit just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Gardner Johnson. You know, yeah, he just won the Super Bowl. You know, but, uh, you know, here we go. You know, apparently the field is on his side this time. Yeah, that was, yeah. Was it a that fumble was, or a catch? No, it was a catch. He knocked it out. No, I'm just saying, like, did they think about even challenging it? Oh, uh, here we go. Third and 20. Mahomes in the shotgun. Well, we got another, another I see another hole. Here comes the pass. Incomplete pass. Fourth and 20. They didn't call the hold. This is it. 209 left no, in the you game. Punted. You punted. You got three timeouts. You punted. Uh, Coach Kelsey. You know. But, yeah, so, like, you know, so there's no governing. Like, the NCAA is there to punish players, but they're not going to punish schools for – their scheduling practices. So I hope 
that now that we're going to this 12-team playoff next year, I'm hoping that we'll see more of that. Like we'll see more of these games that we haven't been seeing all this time. Well, I think the the, the money, the everyone's getting. Oh, something. they're going for it. Yeah. Uh... Okay, here we go. Mahomes back to pass. Oh, we got a uh, we got a flag. Twenty men on the field. False start. You know, nothing else pisses me off more than a home team getting a false start. And that's Jawan Taylor. That's their big offensive line pickup. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. oh, yeah, that was bad. Uh, was it, though? Yeah, was that was really early. He was really early. Like, I mean, like right on time with the snap. All right, here we go. Fourth and 25, and they're going for it. Here we go. Mahomes running around doing magic. Oh, give me something. Here give he me throws magic. it up. Give me magic. Go. Oh! These dudes are bums. I can't believe oh. that. They go 17 and 0. I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, without Kelsey, man, it's 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 tough. Incomplete pass to Sky Moore. Detroit won the Super Bowl twice now. Well, Detroit, like, y'all dancing around. You still got to get a first down. Yeah. Kadarius Tony, man, he might be on the practice squad. Oh man, he's been awful this game. Yeah, he's 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 trade deadline, you know, like Halloween. <laughs> I hope you like Houston. You know, so Detroit is going to take over at the Kansas City thirty after the two minute warning. Uh should you have punt? I guess you gotta. I guess it's like, yeah. I mean, we could play. We could armchair quarterback. You have three timeouts. It was two oh nine. I mean, it was fourth and twenty five. You punt it. You punt it, and they get the ball. You punt out of bounds from the snap to punt. It's probably two oh two. Detroit runs a play. Two minute warning. If they don't get a first down, then it's second down. So really, you got four timeouts then. You have four timeouts. If you can get the punt up and down. Yeah. uh, but even with that, even even at that, you still have three of your but own was, timeouts. Yeah, but it was fourth and twenty-five. Like it was fourth and five. I get it. Fourth and ten, maybe I get it. Fourth and twenty-five. Fifty, I get it. Fourth and twenty-five from the fifty, I get it. At your own like, thirty. Yes, it's it's uh. So I guess every especially when you had two penalties on the drive, you weren't flying. And you're at home. You know, what I'm saying everybody got a little bit of Staley in them. I guess. Ooh, that's tough. Staley might have punted that. Like, <laughs> I think, I think, well, Detroit's gonna throw it. I would have punted that on Madden you know like, <laughs> and just used my three timeouts because they're gonna run up the middle. I'm getting it out of bounds with two at 202. Like, the dude's gonna run it or he's gonna try to do some some play action. Yeah, I'm like, just kick it out of bounds. Even Detroit's gonna run it three times. I don't think they're out gonna of, run it three times and kick a field goal. Kick it out of bounds, even if it only goes 15 yards. You know what I'm saying? Just get just, it out of here. Just like, get it out. Get it off. Get, of them, the get them out of field goal range. At least that much. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So this is I how didn't we, think we were gonna do a whole show. With, no, but I mean the game went the so game fast. Was yeah. Yeah. It like, felt like it felt like I wasn't watching because I'm watching it in the reflection. Like I mean, I'm watching it on the monitor, whatever the case may be. Um, Kansas City totally. looks like they should have probably maybe called DeAndre Hopkins and given him $14 million. I don't know why they didn't. We talked about this in you know you why know, they previous didn't. episode. 
You know why they didn't. Because they had success without a star wide receiver, so they said, we don't need them. All right, so they're in field goal range. Yep, here we go. First and 10. All right, here comes the run. Montgomery yep. stuffed. Man, he hugging that ball like he robbed a bank. <laughs> yeah, he better. <laughs> he is hugging that ball. It's, yeah, we don't... I watched the sports science once on like the carrying the football and like how hard it is to knock the football out if you like hold it to your body. And they had they had an NFL running back, I can't remember who it was, but they had like three mixed martial artists like yeah. gloves on trying to punch the ball out. And the dude was wearing like a vest that measured like the pound per pressure and all this other stuff. And it just was like basically your body absorbs, like so you you you're when you get hit, your whole body absorbs that force so the ball doesn't move. But as soon as you move it away from your body, like it's literally comes right out. Oh, good tackle. Good aggressive tackle. He almost lunged for that first down. I know. I know. Third down coming up. 147. Third down. Third and two. They don't get it. Does he just kick the field going to go up four? I think you have to at this point. Or do you go for it and end the game? I don't know. I think you have to. I think you have to. Well, I don't. Hey, see, this is our uh, Buffalo. uh Baltimore. The Buffalo thing is different. The no. reason that was different because the the argument that I was making to you was that Jim Harbaugh was concerned that Buffalo was going to score a touchdown no matter what. And they That's went right Buffalo. down the field. They were going to. So I was like, well, at least <laughs> I think they could have gone up. They would have gone up four. And... Looks like he's got it. I think he got it. Yeah, I think he got it. I think he got it. That's a first down. That is a first down. The drop, the drop passes. The the yeah, the drop, the the pass went off Tony's hand for the interception. He had another drop that I saw, and then that drop, yeah. And then of course there's the uh no Kelsey thing. So the offense was a little out of whack. Like his presence alone, you know, makes the offense better. No excuses, but it just is what it is. Yeah. I think the main thing is like they literally just dropped the ball. Man, I told you I was leaning Detroit. I was leaning them. I was leaning Detroit too, actually, but I just. I just was like, they can't lose at home. They, I that guess, was like Kansas City's. They're just not gonna lose. At I home. guess the Super Bowl champs. You know, like, you know, we saw what happened to the Rams last year. You know, uh, on Thursday night football to start the season. I love how Detroit's acting as if they like dominated the game. Like you, you got a pick six. I mean, you played your game. You, yeah. you played and you won. Listen, you won by one point or a hundred points. It counts. Uh, I like it. I, I'm, I can't wait to see the overreaction Friday. I know. Has They're still the going to talk about Dak. They're still going to talk about Dak, though. They're going to squeeze Dak in. I don't care. the NFL what, caught up to the Chiefs? Oh, that's a good one. Come on, let's go. What else we got? Because right, so we, <laughs> uh, so we got – we got. has the NFL caught up to the Chiefs? You know, right. uh, 
or no? How 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 could caught up to has the NFL caught up to Patrick Patrick Mahomes? Mahomes. Yeah, Pat and then Mahomes. you and then you got uh, uh, from one to ten. What's your concern level? Oh, one to ten. That's a good one. Concern level. Uh, what does two seventy five for Burrow mean for Dak? That's is gonna be the, another talking point. Is Detroit a Super Bowl contender? <laughs> oh, Detroit a Super Bowl contender. That's, that's, yeah, I'm telling you, these are these this is going to happen. What is eleven twenty four here? So tomorrow. Uh we got um what else? What else? What else? Was B enemy leaving? Is B enemy not being in Kansas City? I can like gonna how is the enemy's absence gonna affect them for the rest of the season? There yeah. we go. The enemy. I hope as soon as they see it, I'm gonna be at work. Like I'm, I'm gonna be scrolling looking for these pundits, these articles, <laughs> topics. The enemy leaving. Should he have gotten a head coaching job? Is has the NFL caught think, up to Andy Reid? You think you think you think, you think they'll do? Uh, was last night a Super Bowl preview? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, not yet. Not yet. Uh, does Kansas City need to trade for a wide receiver? Who's unhappy? Stephon Diggs? Yep. Buffalo will not give Stephon oh, Diggs. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Not There's at all. no way. Unless he says, I am not coming to the building. They're like, we don't care. We'll pay you to stay at home before we trade you to Kansas City. But do they need a big wide receiver? Trading for wide receiver. <laughs> and Dion Nebraska. Is Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey more important to the Chiefs than Patrick Mahomes? Mahomes. <laughs> who's, who's more important? The enemy or <laughs> that's what it's gonna be. All right, so we got we got has the lead covered the Patrick Mahomes, Dax 275 and you know, Burrow, Detroit Super Bowl contenders. These are all topics we're going to hear tomorrow, people. Uh, <laughs> what's what's more impactful for the Chiefs going forward, the enemy's absence or Kelsey's injury? <laughs> need a wide receiver and Dion Nebraska and Heisman Trophy candidacy. These are all topics <laughs> here tomorrow at 8 a.m. Is Dan Campbell the best coach in the NFL? <laughs> it's big. Your dark horse is Dan coach of the year. Well, <laughs> I had him. I had him. I picked him for coach of the year. Is Dan Campbell? Is Dan Campbell a top five coach in the NFL? <laughs> here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Our former players making the <laughs> jump to head coaching better than a guy who's never played. Like, you got yeah, Dion in Colorado, and you got Dan Campbell, and you had Jason Gary for all those. No, but somebody gonna bring up Jeff Doug Saturday, Peterson. though. You got yeah. gonna bring up like, Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday is an anomaly. You got Doug Peterson down at Jacksonville, you got Mike <laughs> Rabel in Tennessee. It's gonna be just this. can Teddy Bruschi win a Super Bowl as a head coach? <laughs> what NFL player would you like to see as a head coach? Can Tiki Barber be a good head coach? Does Kansas City need to sign T.O.? I don't know. Like, 
He's still running four four. So you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, you know I gotta watch this. You see this commercial? Oh no, you got a different commercial probably. They got a different commercial. Yeah, they got you know uh, John Wick. Peacock's got a show based on the Continental coming out in a few weeks. That's pretty legit. I still haven't watched John Wick four. Oh, you got to. Get to. On that. You got to yeah. watch it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I still haven't watched Flash yet, but I heard I don't need to. Nah, you don't need to. You know, say it's on it was, HBO. Max it was now. dope. Ezra Ezra Miller's performance was dope. If you think about the fact that he was playing two people, yeah, you know, he's playing. He was playing himself, but he was he was definitely two different people, right? Uh, and he he killed that. But just just the the, the yeah. It did I, did I, I hear I, that Blue Beetle is out? I think so, but I'm not really. I'm yeah. a, I'm a Marvel I'm a Marvel guy. I just I get the Marvel films when they come out. DC thing. I tried like, and that's the thing. I watched Batman versus Superman, and I was upset. When, Why'd you say that name? Martha. <laughs> that upset me. Three things upset me with Superman. The the one thing was uh when he walked into the courtroom and a dude had the bomb in his wheelchair. S- Superman would have smelled that. He'd have been like, "There's a bomb in here." <laughs> He'd have like, and he would just whip dude out of there, and then he would have thrown him into Lake Metropolis, and he would have blown up out there. Oh, uh, you really uh, super bad OP. Yo, because when the explosion went off, his face was like this. Like, it was in slow motion, all of fire, and his face was like this. Like, just, like, he just felt like, like, depressed, like an emo kid. I'm like, you're Superman. Yeah. Why you look so sad? So that was one thing. Uh, when old boy looks Luther. First of all, the fact that Jesse Eisenberg played Lex Luthor and Jesse Eisenberg is my daughter is almost five and they're about the same height. I'm like, that was dumb. And he had <laughs> hair and I was like, that looks silly. So I didn't like that. He had hair it was, before. <laughs> but it just looked, it looked silly on him being that small. Uh, uh, ben Affleck's six four. Like Ben Affleck, that's a like that's that's tall. Like that's not a normal size human. People don't just walk around six four. You got Henry Cavill. Who's probably six one, you know, and then you got Jesse Eisenberg, five, 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 six in the <laughs> middle. Like he's a great actor, but just the framing didn't look right. Like you can't frame it properly, yeah. considering that he's supposed to be a villain. How would you this much smaller than these two other, you know, antagonists or whatever? So then when he when when he pushed Lois Lane off the building and the Superman came out of nowhere to save her, but when his mom was getting kidnapped, he was nowhere to be found. And the yeah. kidnapping took way longer. Like her falling off the building is a that's a 10 second max from her yeah. hitting screaming ah and hitting the ground. He was already there to scoop her up. But his mom getting kidnapped by some dudes for like 30 seconds, he's nowhere to be found. So like all of that is like this movie's trash game. And then the Martha thing, I almost turned it off, but I was too invested by that point. I was so upset with that. So yeah, I'm not rocking Justice, with DC. Justice League was even worse. I did know. I didn't watch it. I, I, did, I like I, Ben Affleck. I actually did like Black Adam, though. I didn't watch any. Maybe one day, like, I'll sit down, I'll get on a, a DC but run. See, and it's crazy, too, because DC got the animated game on Smash. DC has the cooler superheroes. They do. Like, Iron Man Iron Man wasn't cool until Tony, until Robert Downey Jr. played Iron Man. Yeah, I hated Iron like Man. Like, Batman, cool. like, that's essentially the same. Yeah. Batman, Iron Man. Batman was always cool. Bruce Wayne was always cool. And granted, yeah. they did movies. They did Batman movies before, but Batman just was dope. Bruce Wayne was dope. 
Nobody yeah. was rocking Iron Man. Unless Ghostface, when he was calling himself, you know, Tony Stark. Yeah, I hated Iron Man as a kid. But the movies come out and it's like, I am Iron Man. And I was like, oh. But I do, I do need to, the I've been slipping. I do need to watch Wedding Time. I'm, I'm way behind on that. I haven't even started. I, I, didn't, I didn't even start it. I didn't start it. People oh, told me it was good. Show great show I just i don't know like it's just so many shows out there somebody told me to watch uh hijack on apple tv yeah i don't I think watched, i know that one it's idris alba and i think he's on a flight that's someone's attempting to hijack it and like he gets these people you know he's just like you know he's leader yeah uh stringer bell type move and gets people to fight back as hijackers i guess but that looks legit. Apple TV has some good move, good movies and TV shows because they're simple. You know, yeah, I started that one show, uh, Ted Lasso. Yo, Ted that Lasso show is hilarious. Movie. It's quick. I think the episodes are probably like 34 to 40 minutes, maybe. I think for the most part, they're they might even be shorter than that. I like the character development. I like the I like the relationships. You know, I just like how every relationship in the show gets developed. You know, you start rooting for, you know, you'll, you'll get into it. It's right. A, it's a show. It's but a yeah, show. I'm definitely on this continental show, though. You know, um, you know, the writer strike pissing me off because I don't know when I'm going to get Cobra Kai back. You know, and, uh, you know, Bel Air, you know, I don't know if you watch Bel Air, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in love with that show. I remember the last writer strike that impacted me is that I was watching Entourage and I had watched. The he was first. up in here watching Turtle, bruh. Yo, that was my, I was in Iraq, <laughs> so like it was on the morale drive. So I watched Rome, Entourage. I probably watched the Bourne movies every day. Uh, then they had the music playlist, everything on the morale drive, but you couldn't save your playlist. So I just was re watching stuff like every day. It was an endless amount of movies on it. No, I think, uh... um, but yeah, like season three, it was part one and part two because the strike happened. I got like, eight episodes then it stopped and then they agreed to terms i think uh the last show that i was like for real like well i guess i just got done with curb your enthusiasm you know so that was like my new favorite show but like um but before that i think house was the last show that i actually like straight up binged where like i was deployed and I watched like all eight seasons. It, it felt like I watched it all in two weeks. Like, yeah, I watched like fifteen seasons of Grey's Anatomy. I'm not going front. Yeah, and uh, The Shield used to be my show back in the day. Like, I was watching that on deployments. Like, you know, that, that's I'm telling you. I that's stopped the watching The House when um when the pilot. What did she say? She was like, I could hear with my eyes. <laughs> I was well, like. Of double house, I was that. Well, well, as they say, well, well, as they say, house jumped the shark for me. Once house and Cuddy became a couple, like, like their interactions was part of what made the show entertaining, and him trying to go against the grain, and her putting her foot down, you know, like him being right at the end, because you know most everybody knows that doesn't work. It's it's never been a show in history where that's worked, and it made the show better. But you know, most shows always like the episodes always end with the female being right. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, the hard headed husband or dude that don't want to listen to the wife's advice. And then 
the sink explodes or something and like you know like the woman always gets the upper hand like house was like the one show where like dudes was was like yeah he doing it for us like you know what i mean like yeah i don't know if we all were thinking that I was thinking like that. every you know, every man. TV show, if you have a small if you have a small main cast TV show, six or less characters, unless the show was introduced as these people are a couple, right? And then you learn to grow with them. It rarely makes any sense. Like how I met your mother, the way that ended was so stupid. So stupid. So stupid. And I watched the last season on like you know some, one of these apps like Hulu or something like that. And I, so I was watching it. And every episode was at that um, wherever they were getting married, like the lake house, whatever. So it just looked yeah. stupid. Like me watching 24 episodes from this same location. I was like, yo, yeah, y'all I, had me watching the show for nine years to give me this. No, I think I watched that last season in like a day. Like that whole last season, I was and like, come on, come so on, come stupid. on, come on, come on. You know, like I was, I was, I was so excited. I was like, we're here, we're here, we're here. And then like, Yo, Game of Game of Thrones final episode, like final season, like yeah, that shit was trash. I, I was so into the show that I still love the show, right? But if I got you on, if I got you into Game of Thrones in like 2020, and I'm, and you binged it, right. and then you got the final episode, and well, see, that was me. I didn't watch it until like 20, yeah, so, so you watched, or like you watched it or all like in that. a row, yeah, it was like. It could be tough. I was watching it from 2011, and I'd already they had already had two seasons, so I watched the first two seasons like back to back to back because somebody had downloaded. So I was already locked in, and then a new season was starting like a couple of months. So I was locked in since you know Obama was president. And of course, they came out with How I Met Your Father. I watched two of those episodes, and I was like, "This is awful." You, (laughs) you. and I, 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 if I ever get to like meet an actor that's done like great movies and they've done like terrible movies, like if I ever get like if I were ever to sit down with like Brad Pitt, yeah, I wouldn't ask him about the specifics, but it's like when you're on the set because he does like cameos and stuff like that in movies because I guess he's like a real friendly guy in Hollywood. It's like, yo, what do you do when you are on a set and you know what you're filming is trash? Like, you know it. Like, the scenes you film, you get to your dailies, you do the read-through, you just know, like, this doesn't make sense. It's not going to work. How do you keep showing up? Because I've seen some movies just like, this is awful. Like, well, like that one movie, Superman. G- Jiggly, or whatever it was Jiggly. called. Jiggly. Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> awful. It's like, Ben, what are you doing? You're a good actor. J-Lo, she just can't pick. She don't even it's try. Like, like you, you would never date on... You would never date Owen Wilson. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez, Jenny from the Bronx is not dating. Yeah. Wow. Nope. But she'll sing the N-word wow. and blame it on Ja Rule, though. Listen, I don't care about that. She's from the Bronx. Puerto Ricans, Dominicans can say it. Mexicans can't. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I... Somebody said it. I'm like, that shouldn't make sense. But it does. Uh... And it's stupid. It's a, it's a stupid thing. But, like, I love that song. That's just That was just my... Yeah, bitch, you ain't doing shit for nothing. That's just like, oh, no one said bitch in a love song ever. Yeah, you just dropped it in there. And hey, yo, we are sports reports. Sports order. order three hours on that note. Get everything with us on that note. You know, Sam, we got you covered. You know, we'll be back Monday. You know, uh, you know, two five daily will be coming at you. Drop three of them for you today. So you know, uh, 
like, review, subscribe, share, you know, talk about us. You know, we love you, you know, and thank you for all the support that we've gotten to date. Good, bad, or indifferent. Trying to get 20,000 views. Get us to 20,000 people. You know, saying all that. So 530 comes real early, America. Uh, 7.30 alarm. So I'm going to bid you adieu. Peace.